Okay, imagine this. Smelly, awkward bodies, cystic acne, voices cracking. What else could I be describing but the worst time of almost anyone's life? Middle school. From the McCullough Middle School Studios in Austin, Texas, I'm Hillary Livingston Butler, and this show has everything. Join your Tishy crew as we navigate the halls of two to three of our cringiest years. Um, I probably could monologue about Miss Carr's math class, in which I learned how to write checks. I actually wrote one today, and I thought of her. Finish that line, guys. If you don't finish the line, somebody can add a million dollars to the end, <laughs> and it's going to ruin your bank account. Um, but I don't want to do this alone. In the Roseville area middle school slash Ram studio in New Brighton, Minnesota, it's Ann Lindholm. Hi, Ann. Hi, Hillary. It just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? The <laughs> really Roseville does. area middle school. When you add the area, that's really yep. like... <laughs> like, no imagination there. Like, no. nobody to name our school after, even. Come on. Just the general Roseville area. It's <laughs> just very egalitarian is what it is. Um, <clears throat> in the Spry Middle School Studios in Delmar, New York, it's Bobby Pape. Hi, Bobby. Go Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was trying to think of all the cheers. It was like Raiders, Raiders, and that's all it was. <laughs> My high school was the Raiders. Oh. But our mascot yeah. was like a wolf, so I don't understand. <laughs> that's, nothing makes sense. I don't know. And finally, in Rose Hill Junior High School Studios in Linwood, Washington, it's Christy Wise. Hi, Christy. Hello. Hello. Wait, what was your what was your mascot again? Um, a, I guess it was a lion, like a royal. Okay. Right, lion. right, yeah, the, yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah. right. My royal. high school's was a purple kangaroo, which is very cool. That is cool. Is good. I don't think it necessarily strikes fear into the heart of your opponents. <laughs> well, it's a fierce looking one. If you saw okay. the picture, you'd be scared. <laughs> I, real life kangaroos can fuck you up. Right? Yeah, so. they can. I'm a little bit scared of them. It's one of those things like majestic in the distance, but up close. They have like, such mm. cute faces, but they yeah. have like big claws and yeah. can punch and stuff. I was going to say, <laughs> they punch. <laughs> okay, as usual, we'll do some small talk, mailbag, medium talk, tissue recommends, and how you can get involved with the show. Uh, with that, uh, Bobby, take us into small talk. Yeah, uh, happy to do so. And it looks like it's a full deck on yeah. small talk tonight. So uh, we'll start with Anne, who is still here. So whatever you did couldn't have been that dangerous. <laughs> Guys, remember wherever it was a year, a couple of years ago now, when I painted my kitchen mm -hmm. and I looked at the wall mounted phone jack that was on my wall and said, I hate this. Who's ever going to have a landline again, much less a kitchen mounted phone? I'm taking this out. And I figured out how to take out the jack and un unwire it, dewire it. Um, Deregulate. Spl yes, splice <laughs> the wires back together uh, so that my internet worked. And then I patched the wall and painted over it. And I told the story on the show, and we we're like, and you could be an electrician. <laughs> Good job. And Meredith was like, you could go over to my house. No, it'd be cheaper. And I was like, ha, 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 I'm so good. Uh, that all went very well until last Thursday when David from CenturyLink came out to upgrade my internet. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, you said you were getting it. Oh, no. <laughs> and 
and came upstairs and, and I don't know, I got fiber. I don't know anything about it, but he said for fiber, there's two lines, which is why it's so fast. Cause it has like a dual connection or something. I don't know. And the internet that I'd had, you know, the one step up from dial up was a single line internet. And when he came up and tested for the second line, there was what he called a hard short on the system. And he was like, Hmm, I wonder how that could have happened. And I said, well, hypothetically, if someone had rewired their own uh, phone jack, could <laughs> this have caused it? And he said, yes, yes, that could. Oh. And I said, well, let's go knock a hole in the wall. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> And it turns out that I'm a shitty electrician, but I am great at drywall repair because I knew exactly where it was. And then he just had a little knife where he was going to cut, just cut the very exact um, square away. And he couldn't get the knife in. And he was like, huh. And I was like, well, I've got a hammer. Let's just bust the thing in. I don't care. This is my own fault for doing this. And he ended up using the hammer and a screwdriver like a chisel and he still couldn't get it in. He was like, um, he was like, what the, what the hell is going on here? He was like, man, you did a good job on this. And then finally he got it through and it turned out there was a metal plate in front of it. And I was like, did I do that? Did I put that on? And now I have a like super vague memory because it was a big enough hole that like you have to have something to spackle onto when it's a bigger mm -hmm. hole. Sure. Yeah. And they have like mesh patches that you put over it and then put this the joint a, compound on that. This is a TikTok hole that you can fall down, by the way, just watching people do weird drywall repairs. I'm sure. I'm sure. I, it's, yeah. it's just that I didn't feel like the mesh was quite adequate enough because I don't know. It wasn't that big and the hole was. Real. So anyway, I bought a metal plate that you can actually it like folds in half and you can put it through the wall, uh, whatever. And I forgot that I had done that, so he basically had to, like, pound it out. But it's all fixed. I mean, the wall's not. I have a hole in the wall. But the internet is upgraded, and it hey. works great. <laughs> and I'll just fix it and um, re-drywall and repaint. So uh -oh. lesson well, learned. I know. When you're like, why do I need this? Let's just take it out who cares mm -hmm. well uh, it's I, i'm still not upset that i did it because no. it's so ugly and you know you can just put a blank wall plate over it but i was like yeah. no i don't i don't wanna yeah um that's gross i you know i am very happy that i was lazy and didn't tile a backsplash yet it's always been on my list of oh things to do and i'm like well someday i'll get around to it but it's fine just painted for now so there we go. I mean, no harm, no foul. And I no. always had a kind of a like a little tickle in the back of my mind. Like, I sure hope this doesn't come back to bite me. <laughs> well, it hey, did. Hey. So now I am secure in the knowledge that it is properly de-jacked and wired <laughs> properly dejected, <laughs> and i don't have to have that tiny doubt in the back of my mind that eventually something's going to go awry with that because it already happened so there yeah. we go and it wasn't like a terrible thing it was just upgrading you know your yeah, equipment yeah. exactly well i wouldn't call you shitty i would just call you um a little bit carefree <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Willy nilly. Just trying to do it myself, man. I know. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Yeah. You got there. And look, listen to this fast internet. Shoo, 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 shoo. Uh, no kidding. Speeding through. <laughs> Yay. And he was, oh, by the way, my my uh, internet speed went from like 7 Mbps to 50. So there we go. And Yay. as David was leaving, he joked, well, you can even like watch Netflix now. <laughs> and I said, well, I can do that now before if I'm patient. And he's like, seriously, you shouldn't even be able to play anything on that <laughs> level of speed. So now I'm all set. I'm ready to Yay. go. I have Yay. joined... The new millennium. <laughs> yep. The willennium. The willennium. I was going to say the willennium. <laughs> Can we Did get one with episode it? without referencing the millennium? <laughs> no. <laughs> We're in it right now. We have to constantly refer to it. It's going to be a long time where we have to talk about the millennium. Uh, all right. And you are properly de-jacked. And uh, Hillary, you are now fully bruised. I am fully bruised. Um, finally, after, gosh, five years but yeah we put touches down in 2018 anyway we have a new member of our family his name is bruce Yay! he is he is, is a sweet uh dopey golden retriever just like i like him i want a dummy i like um i like a loafing you know um just kind of idiot but anyway he we uh you like your men yes exactly <laughs> i like a dummy let's all pile on <laughs> Um, I, so, you know, the kids have been asking for a dog forever and ever and ever. And I was just like, I'm not mentally there yet. I, I, like I taking care of another thing is just not of interest to me right now. And I, I just can't do it. And then I finally started in the past year, I sort of started to open up the, my mind to it. And I thought, well, I, I am the one who has final approval of this. Like we, we can't just go to a shelter because Bridget will fall in love with the first thing she sees. And I'm mm-hmm. whatever I had, I knew what I wanted. I wanted another golden retriever. That's how you end up with a cat with major behavioral issues. Yeah. No, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I, well, I, yeah, exactly. So I, I, I knew I wanted a golden retriever. I really didn't, you know, it's, I, I didn't want to buy one, even though, you know, you, that's kind of the easiest way to get a golden retriever is by just by, you know, going to a breeder, but I didn't want to do that. Um, so I signed up there's this thing called gold ribbon ribbon rescue um and i went through their process which was a process let me tell you um these they're very nice they are so nice they are extremely thorough though i we i signed you know i i filled out an application somebody contacted me we had like three phone interviews they came to this was months ago this was like in march they came to the house they inspected our house to make sure that it you know we had all it was okay for a dog and you know, and then when I, they said, have you had a dog before? And I said, yes, and, you know, but we had to put her down. And they were like, well, why did you have to put her down? I'm like, oh, my gosh, she was 13 years old. I don't know. She was sick. Like, she was dying. And we had to put her down. And then they were concerned that we had cut her hair, which we probably shouldn't have done. We just did. And whatever. They were just, they're very particular. But they're very nice. I um, mean, they realize it's a dog, not a child, right? It oh, eats poop. I mean, I mean, you would, one would think that they, we are. I mean, depending are, on the child. We di- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Rory has had pink eye a couple of times. So, you know, you never know. But um, anyway, so they had, I, I had told them what I wanted. I said, I wanted to, I don't want a puppy, even though the kids wanted a puppy. I'm like, I'm not, they're so cute, but I am just not on the market for a puppy. I need a full night's sleep. Um, I didn't also want like a way older dog. I wanted about a five-year-old 
that was pretty much I mean I wanted a, I wanted Duchess again I wanted Duchess to electric boogaloo like I wanted a dog that was like house trained slept through the night like the whole deal and so I was willing to wait and they brought Those us are a- some of the positive attributes about Dave, just for the record. I want to balance <laughs> out what we said earlier. <laughs> and I sleep through the night. He is potty trained, though I have gone to the bathroom and stepped on some things in the morning when I'm like, Ugh. really? Um, anyway, she, um, I um, they, they brought us a dog, or they kind of sent us information about a dog in April or something. We went and visited this dog. She was very sweet, but they represented that she was two years old. This dog was not two years old. This dog was like the worst kind of that teen puppiness where it's like you you don't get the puppy. You don't get the cute like, oh, my God, you're so cute. But you get puppy attributes, but like in a gangly kind of form. The middle she, schooler of yes, dogs. Yes, exactly. So she, we were like, no, this dog isn't for us. And that was like a whole sad thing. And the kids kind of understood it, but they wanted a dog. And then a couple of weeks ago, um, Barb, my lady at gold ribbon uh, messaged me and she said we have this dog he just came from mexico um he's really sweet he's at this foster home and we think this is a good fit for you anyway so we went and visited him a couple weeks ago we re- we loved him i mean we sort of knew going in we're like this kind of sounds like it. but he was so sweet he could sit already which was like a you know key he also can shake which is so cute i've never had a dog that could shake and anyway it just fit now the only kind of wrinkle in it is that we had already agreed to take care of my parents golden retriever this for the past two weeks and so lola has been at our house lola is obsessed with dave she like kind of cares about me only when i'm feeding her but um she loves dave and so she like kind of follows him around everywhere and i was like well this will be interesting um and anyway we we got um bruce yesterday and we brought him home and lola was like what is this like uh, she wasn't mad i mean golden retrievers aren't like I mean, they might rough house a little bit, but they're not like mean dogs or anything. But it was just a lot. It, we went from zero dogs two weeks ago to two dogs to like kind of big-ish dogs in um, a very short amount of time. Well, was going back this weekend. Anyway, so Bruce is here. He's been here for a day. He's, I mean, he slept through the night last night. He's potty trained. He's, he, the only thing is he is like a bigger dog than, I mean, I, and I, when we met him, I was like, oh, he's kind of a bigger guy. Um, and he's very curious about all foods um and i see him kind of wanting to put his little paws up on the counter and i'm like bruce no 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 um but anyway we're all very happy it's well you know we'll see how it goes but here i go again it's uh yeah dog too Uh, i identify with bruce i put my paws on the counter for food (laughs) i was thinking quite similarly (laughs) he's like "Hmm, what are you eating there Hmm, what's that i'm like bruce go but yeah, it, but with the cutest thing is that we have tile floors downstairs, which I don't love. It just is what it is. And he kind of slips around. <laughs> he's like ice skating. But mm. anyway, he's very sweet. We're happy to have him. If you're friends with me on Facebook, I did the gold ribbon people. Like They're like, can we post on socials? And I was like, yeah, it's fine. I don't care. And so they posted a picture. But it's like weirdly, if you go and look, Dave was like, why did they post that? It's weirdly a picture where you can see like part of Rory's little leg and basically like Dave's crotch and leg. And he was like, why did they not crop me out of it? <laughs> but it's a very cute picture. They call him Brooklyn. That was his name. We changed it to Bruce because I didn't like Brooklyn. That's I'm not interested in that name. Um, anyway, TA, Bruce Butler oh, is at the house. Congratulations. Thank you. BB. BB. Um, I have a question about dog name. Yes. Dog names, um, you know, Duchess. Was she a came to us. 
she came to us as yeah, Duchess. A, I would a, not a have a beautiful name, but very much a pet name, right? Like you, yes, you'd be hard pressed to name a human Duchess. Now I'm sure it's happened. So yeah, I mean, if, yeah. if, if Fergie Ferg. but i'm curious if there was any thought to a dog name like you know know, spike or bow wow or whatever no versus a human human name like bruce like bruce lee bruce valanche bruce Bruce wayne that was really that was really the the kicker in this one um i never really i uh, you know we have my my dog growing up was brie i don't know where we came up with Actually, I do know where we... Anyway, um, like the cheese. And she kind of did look like a piece of cheese because she, um, she was a yellow lab and she did kind of look like a piece of cheese and she, she was sort of fat. Like three. <laughs> <laughs> she kind of did. Um, but anyway, she... It's like craft singles. But I, my sister, her, um, her dogs are named like Albert, Jimbo... Stella, Frank, and I always just thought it was sort of funny. I was like, oh, those are kind of funny names. Like, just a name that I would never, like, name a human. But I'm like, it's kind of funny as a dog's name. And with with Bruce, we really just wanted something that was close to Brooklyn to see if, like, you know, the, the conversion was as seamless as it could be. Um, and so far, he's, I mean, he responds more to whistles and snaps or claps. But, um, but we'll see. But yeah, I never really, Duchess, I... That was what her name was when she was born. Then she went to my grandmother. My grandmother never obviously changed it. And then when we got her, I mean, she was just, she was always Dutch. I mean, that was really, or Dutchy or something. Like, we never really called her Duchess. And her she had a middle name because she was a, like, a, she had papers and stuff, which is hilarious because she was, like, the dopiest dog. There's no way she could be, like, a show dog or anything. And her middle name was Cassandra. And I always thought it'd be cute <laughs> to call her, like, Cassie or something. But anyway, she was Dutchy. And this is Brucey. Mm. All right. I know. And um, Brucey, go ahead, cr- Anne. Sorry, I didn't want to. I don't want to stop the Brucey conversation <laughs> short here. No, I was just thinking. As long as we were talking about dogs, we haven't had an update from Christy. Oh yes, in a long time about mm-hmm. about Multiple. the new. And did and did you get her um, fixed? And has that all calmed down? And all of that. Yeah, I mean that goes into my small talk a little bit. Um, Hillary, are you done with yours? Oh, yes, yes, okay. go. Um, she did get fixed, and she had to wear the, you know, cone of shame for, Aww. I think it was like four weeks. It was a long time. Wow. Um, she's better, but she ha- needs so, like, she's so energetic that she needs, I mean, Jeremy has to walk her miles and miles a day. Um. And we found. You know, this- it seems like a good match, though, because really yeah. Jeremy needs to be walked miles and miles a day. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> true, except for that he can walk fast, but with her, any rabbit, we're like, we have so many rabbits around here, like little bunnies. She goes crazy for the bunnies and she hates um, bikes and so she goes crazy. And so he's like constantly like pulling because she cannot walk on a leash yet. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So we found um, these things called off leash dog parks, which. I'd never been to one and it's really cool. It's like six acres of like, it's not just like a big dirt pit. It's um, there's woods. And so we go there and we play hide and seek. Like um, I hide and then Jeremy has her come look, find me and it's really cute. And she finds me all the time. And then back and forth, we just do that forever. And she just runs forever. So then we found a closer one to us, which is it's smaller, but it's easier to get to. And he can actually just walk her to the dog park. It's like three miles away. 
Well, she got a cold. Did you know that dogs could get colds? No. Because no. I did not. Um, they said that it could be kennel cough, which is weird because she's vaccinated for that. Yeah. But it's like dogs playing like it's just like a regular cold and they share water bowls there and they like mouth play on each other like um so she started doing this thing where she was just like coughing so much she was throwing up everywhere and this was um last weekend and so and it continued through the entire weekend so we took her to the vet on monday morning and they said yep she has this here's some medicine pay us a bunch of money and get her out of here because it's so contagious oh gosh and you can't have a dog wear a mask right so, so this plays Thank you, though. Yeah. I mean, Jay, Jay Inslee's trying to make the dogs wear masks. Yeah, but, of course. Yeah. Um, and this plays into my weekend plans because the plan was she was going to be boarded and then little buddy was going to stay here and my friend was going to come and stay here and house it because it's my dad's 70th birthday. And for some reason, he decided he wanted to go to Canada for his birthday. Um, so me and Jeremy and my sister and brother-in-law were going to take the train to Vancouver to spend the weekend there. Well, now she cannot be boarded. Oh God. Mm. So it's a whole thing. Now Jeremy has to stay home, um, with the dogs and not go to the Canadian adventure. Um, (laughs) the, the weird, funny terrible thing is that he missed my dad's 60th birthday celebration in Hawaii because he got served with uh, custody papers for Elliot. <laughs> oh, God. Man. oh, God. Yeah. Poor and Jeremy. So he's like destined to not go with us. And part of the, the birthday, I think I've told the story before, is that um, he loves the spaghetti factory. I don't know if you guys have these other in other places. I know that yeah. there are other yeah. places, but yeah, we don't have it here, but I have experienced it in other cities. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So he loved it and my mom hated it. And so he would two times a year, we would go father's day and his birthday because she could not tell him no, um, that we were going out to those places. Who can um, hate the spaghetti factory? What's yeah. the problem? I don't know. I don't know. And it's cheap. It was, you know, easy to do. So we would go th- and then it became like this huge thing. We had like a big group of people that would go like he'd have friends and we'd just I think it got up to like twenty people at one time go for his birthday. So what when it was his factory. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when it was his sixtieth birthday, we w- so part of it is they have these placemats, these paper placemats, and they list where all the locations are. And I don't. One of us said, "Oh, well, we have to go to Hawaii, obviously." And so that's why we went to Hawaii. We spent a week there, but went to dinner at um, Spaghetti Factory. And so this time, oh, <laughs> uh, their local cuisine, yeah, <laughs> native food. Um, so this time he just said, "Guess what? There's a Spaghetti Factory in Vancouver." So we're doing that. <laughs> Um, the last day before we get back on the train. Perfect. And it, I put it in there in the show sheet with question marks because my dad was just texting. We just found out Q cannot fly into Canada. He can take a train and he can drive. And they had planned to like fly in today into Canada and meet up and we'd be meeting them tomorrow. And so he's like, we don't really know what to do. <laughs> so Wait, why can't he? Is it because of like his... I don't know. I thought he had an American passport. Yeah. No, he doesn't because he's not a citizen. So he just is on like a... 
Like a green card or visa or something? Yeah. He can work. Um, he can work here and he's married. So, but he hasn't like taken the test to like and do the paperwork to become a citizen. So that's why I guess he would have to get a um, visa that it takes two days to get. Oh, what oh. a bummer. Well, they should have they should have figured that yeah, out before they were well, at yeah. the airport. Yeah, your dad worked in the travel industry for a bit. He should I know. He should know how to look this up. I know. Oh um, wow. Well. Yeah. So I think we're going to Canada <laughs> <laughs> tomorrow. I mean, I know I am. My sister and I are going. Um, TBD on Jeremy. Yeah. Oh, oh no, he can't. He definitely can't go. <laughs> Sorry, you can, you can bring He's... him back a metric ton of spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, it was going to be that. It it did come down to Jeremy might have to drive the dads to Vancouver tomorrow um, oh. because the train we're riding on is sold out. So, but he, I think they got on a plane. The last thing I heard my dad said is, "I think we got on this plane," and then I haven't heard anything. So, <laughs> well, we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> stay tuned. Yeah. So that's that. I'm picturing this thing where Jeremy's just going to drive up to that border town with that park mm-hmm. on both sides. And like, you guys can all bring spaghetti to the border and you can bring <laughs> the dog to the border. <laughs> yeah, because you can't bring dogs in and definitely not sick ones. <laughs> right. You're like, sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, my dog just is coughing in a pandemic-y sounding way. Don't mind me as I travel internationally with that. Um. I have laundry talk on the small talk docket because today, after three, three and a half months of our washer not working in our apartment, right? we have a new washer and dryer unit in Woo! our apartment. Nice. And it is a solid downgrade from the old ones. Oh, oh. Bummer. That we sucks. had We had the, like, the stacked washer dryer in a closet uh, that sang to you when they were done. Yeah. Like, mm. Yeah, and they definitely replaced it with, like, the cheapest model of efficiency stacked washer-dryer where, like, it's a top-load washer, so there's, like, a 45-degree angle, and the lid opens up about 45 degrees, and you got to kind of, like, lean in to get everything out of it, and then it's definitely smaller, and it took 50 minutes for the first wash load I did oh. today. Yeah. Um yeah, so, hey, it works, and we don't have to use the coin-out machines at the end of the hall and hope that nobody else is using them. But, uh, but yeah, I've, this finally came to a head when I was in line for quarters at the bank a couple of weeks ago and had to wait like 15 minutes and just angrily fired off an email being like, where the <laughs> fuck is our washer and dryer? So, uh, but I don't think I've brought this up a ton on the show. The part that really kills me is the washer uh, just wouldn't drain right. And it was, they were like new. They were new, like only a couple years old. The previous tenant had, I think, bought them and put them in. And uh, I looked it up, and I could get an aftermarket pump for like thirty to forty bucks on Amazon. And I kept telling them, I was like, they got a full time maintenance guy, and I was like, just have Ben change the pump. And they were like, no, well, you know, they won't sell warranties to landlords, and we don't want to get bogged down in repairs, and so we just we don't do that. And I was like, and then they kept saying that the replacement machines were on back order. And they had to do the washer and the dryer, even though they separate that old one. Because they couldn't get just the washer to, like, match. I don't know. I mean, who cares? Right. And so they do all that. And then 
I just said again, like, just order the pump. And then I was like, can I just order the pump and try to fix it? And they were like, well, because, you know, if something goes wrong, if I'm Anne and I, you know, get a hard <laughs> short in the system, they didn't actually say that, Anne. They don't know you. Um, you're I mean, it's it, fair. It's fair. <laughs> Worldwide known. Yeah, they basically just said the cost of doing business is in this business, we don't fix things like that. We just, they're so cheap. We just, you know, whatever. And I was like, but still, like, it's probably like, several hundred dollars i assume maybe close to a thousand dollars for this thing yeah and so then a week and a half no, a week ago they finally delivered the washer and dryer to replace the ones they'd just taken away and they got here and got in here and realized that they were electric and this is supposed oh, to be that's gas. right oh, yeah, 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 yeah 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 it's like i came home to this note on my door on a door hanger that just says hopefully next week like, god damn it but I'll give them credit for this. They they emailed me proactively because I yelled and yelled and yelled at some poor woman on the phone. And I, I kept telling her, I was like, I realize it's not you personally, but like you tell me to put all my work orders in through a portal website and then you never answer them. And then when I email you, you tell me to use the portal and then you never communicate. And I was like, just fucking update me. Just like send me a note. Send me one sentence that says what's going on. And so they did that. They sent one sentence and it was, your washer and dryer will be delivered on Thursday. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that really here, is they work. Um, the most frustrating thing about like, I don't know, adult life is feeling like you're like screaming into the void on something. Like I always feel like I'm lost in the system somewhere. And I'm like, how do I get your attention without being like an asshole? I don't want to be an asshole, but like I need help in whatever, some way, whether it be like medical or or this, you know getting something fixed and you just feel like nobody's listening to you yep. and and it's not anybody in particular's fault it's like the system's fault i actually have the opposite problem right now weirdly enough i mean it's not my washer dryer but i you know they do outside visual inspections of our development every once in a while so that everybody can look you know so that nobody's house is like a dumpster fire yeah um and I got dinged on a couple of screens, like just need some repair. There's like rips or whatever. And one of them like totally, yes, needs a little help. And the other one they cited was the screen that's in my storm door. And there's nothing wrong with it. I don't know what they were looking at, but like I couldn't fix it if there was something wrong with it because I can't get it out of the door. And I've tried and tried and tried and tried it and it's stuck. And I just want to wash the goddamn window that's behind it. Yeah. And I can't. And it's filthy. And I don't know whatever it is. So I was like, okay, fine. It's time to, like, it's so stupid. Like, yeah. I even had Matt try to do it when he was here. I was like, maybe I just need some man hands. And he couldn't get it out. He was like, I'm afraid I'm going to break it if I pull any harder. And I was like, I just, I, like, this is so dumb to, like, hire somebody to come and, like, take my screen out, please. <laughs> and like, but so I called the maintenance line and I left a message and nobody called me back for a couple of days. And then our property manager called me <sighs> to talk about my screens. And I was like, but Pierce, why, why are you handling my screen? Like, <laughs> you have a whole maintenance division. Like, I felt like in trying to figure out who to call like his direct number was the number that was in my paperwork Weird. for telling me I had to get this fixed. I'm like, this is so strange that they would want me to directly contact the guy who oversees the entire property to get my screens fixed. 
Because it's such a small little thing. I know, right. it's so dumb. But he, I left a message on the maintenance line, and then the property manager actually called me back, and I was like, this is so weird. And he was like, well, we're in between maintenance, guys, so I'll just put a note on your file that we're handling it once he gets on board. But I, I still contest that it's very strange to have yes. the property manager handling my tiny, tiny problem. He's probably like, this isn't even my job. I know. Oh, he's so nice. But <laughs> I, I always think of what you say, Hillary, about how being a property manager would just be oh. the worst because nobody oh. ever calls you just to say, hey, great job. <laughs> You're doing right. so great at this. No, absolutely not. Oh, <laughs> nightmare. Well, you're back in the laundry business. You know, I actually, there was like a point where, I can't remember, maybe our, maybe our, something was broken. Some apartment we lived in, something was broken. Or we were just sick of, we didn't have in in unit, so we had to do the shared thing. And then I think we just like one time just ended up going to a laundromat, honestly. It was great. It was like, they got it done so fast. It wasn't that expensive. I mean, yes. Did I have to spend time in a laundromat? Yes. And that was really boring. But it was fast. And um, that, man, those dryers, they can get shit dry really quickly. Kind of liked it. But yes, I prefer in-unit anything. Throwing one shirt in there. Right. Well, and sometimes you just need to, like, wash an outfit. Or sometimes you eat a bunch of spicy food and have heartburn in the middle of the night and throw up a little on the sheets in your pillowcase <laughs> while your wife is out of town. And oh, you just, just hypothetical. And, and the other set of sheets that fit that bed are already dirty and it's the middle of the night and you don't want to use the coin up laundry. So you sleep in your chair because there's nothing left to make the bed. Yeah. Just, yeah. just as a hypothetical. <laughs> I mean, just, that's we're definitely just... not an actual story from a couple weeks ago. <laughs> no, of course not. Um, or you have a son that eats, uh, gets grease all over his new shirt, and then I just had to like soak it for three days to try to get the grease stains out of it. That, by the way, it did not work. Oh, I know oh. that I have the the um, sure sh- it will work every time. Oh, tell me what is um, it? You take a uh, Dawn dishwashing so- liquid and yeah. you put it on there, like kind of saturate it. Yeah, and then you just like throw it in the your laundry and then just wash it when you can, and it works every time. Okay, all right, okay, I'm gonna do it. Okay. I know. I got him a little Mariner shirt when I was up there, and it was his first day shirt, and mm, now it has some darker rings around it. But okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna try this. Um, well, we got a lot of news. We got a lot of action. Sure do. This yeah. week, yeah, we do, and so do our so do our listeners, Anne. Indeed, let us go to our mailbag <laughs> oh, and get some listener transition. feedback. Uh, ooh, we, I have a so question about this. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Is is this the question of the the question of the week? Are we on that part yet or no? Yes. Sure. Okay, I have a question about it. Now, is this my favorite Tom Hanks movie um like movie that he just happens to be in or my favorite performance of Tom Hanks? I think that's, uh, that's in the maybe. eye of the yeah. yeah. Because I mean we all agree that um that David S. Pumpkins is the best he's ever been. <laughs> it's getting to be that season. Yep. yep. <laughs> I did not uh, expect a David S. Pumpkins reference. I didn't either. <laughs> God, he's done so. He's given us so much. Really, honestly, yes. when I was reading these uh, comments, I was like, wow, he's been in a lot of stuff. Like, a lot of stuff. And he's a lot of little different, like, eras of his life. 
Indeed. He's acting career. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's not a movie, though, David S. Pumpkins, right? Or did it well, get a movie? that's his best character. Sure. <laughs> this is why Christy's always like, what are the rules? What are we talking about? What exactly is this? I need to know the parameters. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's put uh, Tom Hanks movies on hold for just a second because we have a couple of voicemails, voice yes. memos sent to our uh, email account. Uh, the first one is from Missy going back to our sliding doors episode a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Boy, time. I know. Flat, cir- flat circle. Uh, our sliding doors episode. Oh, no, I'm going to sneeze. Oh, no, I'm not going to sneeze. Our Sliding Doors episode a couple of weeks ago. I'm leaving that in, just for the record. (laughs) In the sliding door, you did sneeze. I know. You know the feeling of an unconsummated sneeze. Yep. Uh, uh, Anyway, Missy sent us a voicemail uh, detailing her Sliding Doors moment. So let's hear the, the thing that changed her life. Hey, it's Missy, best friend of the pod. Um, I wanted to tell you my sliding doors moment. I uh, was a super senior in college, and uh, most of my friends had graduated and moved on, but I needed to stay and finish my student teaching. And I just didn't have a whole lot of friends. It was just, I don't know, I just didn't have a whole lot of friends at that point. And these people who I like would go see movies with, um, invited me to go see a movie in Dallas. I think it was because, honestly, because I would drive to Dallas, so they were, like, wanting to hitch a ride with me. We lived in a small town, a small city outside of Dallas called Denton, and I drove them down to the movie, and then as we're driving back, it's about 45 minutes away, they're like, hey, yeah, let's go out, let's go have a drink afterward, and in my mind, I was like, you know what? I don't really like these people. I don't really want to go out with them anymore. So I said, nope, I'm tired. I'm going home. And so I went home and uh, the phone rang. It was a landline because this is 2001. And someone was looking for my roommate. And I was like, no, she's not here. Can I take a message? And they were like, well, we were going to see if she wanted to come out with us. They were her friends. Um, She was a theater major and they were theater people. And they weren't really my people either. But she was like, well, would you want to come visit us, come out with us? And I was like, yeah, I'll come out with y'all. And um, they were like, well, we're meeting at this place called Sweetwater. And I was like, okay, I'll go there. And I was like, not, these weren't people I wanted to impress. I didn't really care about them, but they were cool. Um, So this is back when I wore contacts, but at this point I was wearing glasses and I was wearing like a kerchief, like a bandana over my head. I remember I didn't have any makeup. I didn't care what I looked like. I just was like, oh, I'll go hang out, whatever. It was August. So it was hot and gross and it just did not matter. And I ended up meeting my husband that night. Um, I didn't even really talk to him, but I, um, just kind of like, was like, Oh, this guy's nice. And I didn't really date in college. So it was just really weird that I met him that night. But if I hadn't decided that I didn't like the people I want to see the movie with, I probably would have never met my husband because he was not a theater major. He just happened to be there that night too. So there's my sliding doors moment. Oh. And they lived happily ever mm-hmm. after. They did. Um, yeah, I was in that wedding. Of course you were. Of course you I were. Know. It was a really cute dress too. It was in that was the one where I for her it was in New Orleans. Um and the bachelorette party was the Thursday before and it was uh St. Patrick's Day, which is rivals um 
uh, Mardi Gras for <laughs> activity. And but they're so close together. I know. And how is everyone even be, recovered? Aren't you well, supposed sometimes. to be in like in Lent or whatever at that yeah. time? Um, anyway, it was a uh, yeah. It was a, that was a really it was a really fun. A really well, fun as long as you don't eat m- meat, if if yeah. St. Patrick's Day is on a Friday, I guess. It was Thursday. Oh, hey, so, I know. I know. Yeah, we had a good time. That was a good time. Literally. Was a good time. Um, yeah. yeah. We've had, you know, just an aside about St. Patrick's Day on Fridays, whenever that happened in Buffalo, um, there would usually be a, a special, like, a proclamation waiver. from the local bishop allowing the <laughs> eating of corned beef and cabbage. Because <laughs> St. Patrick's Day is also big in Buffalo. And, of course it is. And people it wouldn't is. know what to do with themselves without corned beef. So... It's good that they are um, able to um, wipe out sin that way. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) When they choose to, anything you want is fine. Yep. 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 Uh, All right. How did we get on corned beef and cabbage in St. Patrick's Day from (laughs) Missy's voice memo? Missy's bachelorette party. Right, right, right. Hillary centered herself in the voice memo. Of course. As I do. That's what I want to do. (laughs) Well, speaking of things that involve Hillary and Anne, um, our dental syncing yes. uh, conversation brought a voice memo from other Anne, Anne Minor, who had some thoughts about her dentist that made me laugh. Hey, you guys, it's Anne Minor, and I just stopped the podcast in the middle of dental talk because I had to call and report this right away. A couple of weeks ago, I was flossing and I flossed a fairly new crown loose. So I was able to shove it back on, but I figured that that was probably in the realm of things they wanted to know. And they got me in the following day. My regular dentist was not available. So rather than seeing Dr. Kirk, Dr. Kirk's First name is not Kirk. That's his last name. I saw Dr. Bob. Bob is Dr. Bob's first name. It's very confusing at the practice. Um, the relevant bit here, well, it's not relevant. It's not at all. But I can't stop talking about it. Is that Dr. Bob has the most amazing mullet that you've ever seen. It's the most amazing mullet that I have ever seen, and I graduated from high school in 1986. I cannot stress this enough. It's curly. It is shaved on the sides. It, the back part goes to just below his collar. And the most incredible thing is that it kind of works. It kind of works for him. So anyway, this is a topic of conversation whenever um, I meet anybody who goes to the same dentist. I, when I came home from that appointment, I immediately asked my son, wait, who, which, the, which dentist did you see? Why didn't you tell me Dr. Bob's mullet was so amazing? Anyway, that's it. I could just ramble on forever. I already have, but that's all. I'm glad you both got A's later um i i need to know if dr bob is old or young with the yeah. mullet because it makes a different because if he's still rocking a historical mullet that's one thing 
but the mullet is coming back. It is. I think it. I think mm-hmm. it is back. It's not it coming back. back. It's back. I've seen so many zillennials or whatever (laughs) who unironically grow the mullet now and it's a little different it's not it's sort of high and stylish like Anne said shaved on the sides which Mm -hmm. was definitely not a function of the 80s mullet no but no that's a function of white nationalism (laughs) awesome Mm -hmm. Awesome. <laughs> but like I'm at an age now where I can't see them as anything other than ridiculous. And yeah. that's how I know that I'm out of touch. Yeah. The kid um, down one of Bridgie's friends, the kid kind of across the street from us, he had a mullet and he's like, I think he's 13 now. And his mom was like, I don't know. It's just like what he wants. And I, every time I saw it, I was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you, he finally cut it, but it was just like the thing. And I yeah. don't, I truly don't get it. I don't get we it. We wanted mohawks when I was in the age where you demand what you want as a kid wanting a haircut. Yeah. And no, you never get one, but one kid you knew got one once and it never lasts yeah. because it's no. too much maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. You actually have yeah. to do your hair. Yeah. Oh my God. The amount of Aquanet you need to keep that oh mohawk. Oh my God. High. Yeah. I can't imagine. Sorry if I insulted anyone with white nationalism, by the way. I'm not that worried about the feelings no, of white nationalists. No, well, okay. Neither am I, but you know, anyone who just likes the high and tight look, you know, sorry that you just look like you should be carrying a, a torch. Uh, you, these, these are the things that you need to reckon with if you yeah. want to be fashionable. Yes. You know? yes. It's, it's we're not white saying, nationalists. Yeah, we're not saying that if you have a mullet, you're a white nationalist. We're saying if you're a white nationalist, there's a better chance that you have a mullet. Yes, yes. Correlation, not causation. Yes, exactly. (laughs) All right, so voicemails out of the way. Let's get back to Tom Hanks and our question of the week and Facebook answers. Jonathan says, road to perdition. If a, it, it, a pretty scary movie. But he doesn't play a good guy at all. Um, that's one of the ones I haven't seen because I I'm not sure that I can emotionally handle it. I just don't yeah. want to watch sad, hard things. I know. Um, but on the other end of the spectrum, Anne Louise says that thing you do, which yes. I totally agree with. I love that movie so much. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Linda says Joe versus the volcano uh, with a little, I assume that's a volcano <laughs> I think emote. So. I- <laughs> <laughs> and either that or a candy corn and a quote i have a brain cloud i haven't seen joe versus the volcano wasn't that supposed to be a bad one too well so the thing about that one that i when did joe versus the volcano come out hold on please let me 80 see 80s yeah late 80s early 90s joe versus yeah something the, like that 1990 1990 okay so like in my head i thought of meg ryan as like when harry met sally like that was her in my head, that was where she was slotted. And then at that time for um, for Tom Hanks, he was like sort of comedy. So I thought it was going to be like funny. And it's it, – in 1990, Hillary, it was just like not for me. Like I was like, I don't understand this. I Maybe if I watched it now, I would like – kind of get it a little bit more. It was, it was a little bit weird. Like Amanda Plummer was in it. If Amanda Plummer is in something, like it's going to be fucking weird. Like it's just weird. Like there's something <laughs> weird about it. It doesn't mean that's bad. It just is, I think, different than what I was expecting. But I think it's gained like cult status now. Hmm. Maybe I'll so, have to check it out. Yeah. 
round round out my Tom Hanks education. <laughs> uh, Lane says the Toy Story movies or A League of Their Own. Obviously. Great obviously. choices. Good choices. You know yep. what? As you get older, when you think about Woody, Woody's a real asshole. Like, oh, I, you know, yeah. he's he's a hero, ostensibly, I guess. But, like, he's a... I mean, I kind of like it because it shows, like, how kids sort of are. Like, you know, they kind of want to be good, but they're, like, worst parts of them, like, get in the way. Just, like, jealousy and um, yep. ego. He And he he's just very unwelcoming to yes. Buzz Lightyear, which yes. I don't have a problem with because Tim Allen is a duel. Well, yeah. Yeah. T- <laughs> Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's a good thought. Woody's a complicated character. Yes, he is. Um, Kristen says Apollo 13 and You've Got Mail. I love Apollo 13. I love it. it. It's a a problem-solving movie. It's a process movie. That's true. Yeah, we love process movies around here. That's literally square peg in a round hole. Yes. Kind of for part of it, anyway. Oh, I love it so much. And I mean, if you want to guarantee me crying and like, I don't even have to watch the whole movie. Like I just have yep. to watch that part. And then yep. when they all cheer, I'm like, <laughs> American oh, oh, ingenuity. Yeah. And when Ed Harris is sitting there in his chair, oh. he like slumps in his chair and he has tears in his eyes. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> even the most stoic among us is crying. Oh. I love it. Um, let's see. Rosemary says Splash. I haven't seen Splash in two decades at least. God, Probably love- closer to three. I love that That's movie. That's a weird premise. It really is weird. I loved it so much. I mean, anything that has like a shopping montage, I'm like, yes, please give it all <laughs> to me. I'm interested. But it is a, it is a really weird movie. It's a really weird movie. Um, Amanda says Green Mile, which I've never seen and I never okay. will see, yeah. not because of the movie itself, but because uh, I have talked about uh, the time in, in college when I started throwing up blood and I went to the emergency room and had my stomach pumped. Um, and we were there like for six hours through the middle of the night and my roommate came and she was reading the Green Mile and I read the Green Mile in the emergency room while I was throwing up blood. So oh. so I'm never going to see that movie, is what I'm saying. Because <laughs> I just don't need to. Oh, no. Yeah, it's just tainted. Yep. There's yeah. there's a, an association that I can't detach from that. So it'll just have to be unseen by me. Let's see. Bet says Forrest Gump, and I love him as Woody in the Toy Story movies. I have problems with Forrest Gump, but... I mean, no. at this point, there's just no way that that Forrest Gump is a movie I think I saw four times in the theater because I was 15 and that's just what you did. And everybody was obsessed with the soundtrack and whatever, you know, it just was what we were doing that summer. We were going to see Forrest Gump, but it was hot. We go to see Forrest Gump. But like, if you think about it, I mean, Gary Sinise is good. Gary Sinise is good in both of these, you know, mm-hmm. Paul 13 and this. Um, it's just is the messages of it and the boomerness of it. And yep. um, it is, yep. it's, and, and he, him playing, you know, um, like a mentally challenged person that yep. it's just like, none of that would really happen anymore. Well, and that was a whole era where that was so big. 
Yes. To have people with intellectual disabilities as the center of movies, and they were all kind of like magical truth sayers. And if we just <laughs> mm-hmm. listen to the simplest among us, rather than like acknowledging that they're actual real people with all the personality and foibles of real people. And yeah. remember, it was like, I am Sam and yes. radio. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean, I am not going to quote the conversation in Tropic Thunder because but, it's incredibly yes. offensive, <laughs> yes. but it's all also true. <laughs> yep. Yep. I mean, really, it's like, remember, I mean, I love Rosie O'Donnell, but remember when she was in that movie, oh, like, The Other right? Sister? Yep. Yeah. No. No. Well, there was one that was like riding the bus with my sister. Yeah, that's the one. That's, <laughs> that's the one. The one. Yeah, that's there was the, one. the other sister, and I think but that, that was, was with Juliet. Julian Lewis. Mm-hmm. And, yes. I mean, there were a lot. There really were a lot of them. A lot yep. of them. Yep. Oh my god! The only I, one, I, and I, I, I did watch the show, but I didn't really like it. It kind of depressed me because it was on Sunday nights, I think. But there was the one with Patty Lupone and Kelly Martin, and that one oh, actually had like life goes a, on. Life yeah. goes on. Corky, that one, right? Yeah, yeah, and it actually had somebody who you know had Down syndrome for real. Yeah, um, and he was like a real character with yes. real, you know, personality and issues and content yes. to bring, rather than yes. being sort of a saintly prop. <laughs> Uh, what's eating Gilmore great hello yeah it, they just keep mm-hmm. the hits keep coming mm-hmm. yep yep mm. okay anyway moving on Madison says the burbs <laughs> the burbs um, is another one that sort of scared me I was like yep. this I weird. loved it <laughs> that, was, that was a weird movie um, Splash <laughs> Elite of Their Own and The Money Pit I miss Funny Tom <laughs> I know um, but- is, is this the answer where I'm going to finally just remind everyone that we asked for your favorite Tom Hanks movie, not your favorite Tom Hanks movies? <laughs> People are disregarding the um, rules of this one left and right. I mean, come on, four. Uh, Money Pit, by the way, is my answer, and I'm so glad that it's here. But Yep, yep. Uh, Welcome to my world, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anne says, Toy Story and Toy Story 2. I will allow that, Anne. Uh, they were the background to my kids' tiny ears, and I'm not mad at them, even though I've seen both hundreds of times. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I think that's one of the better yeah. uh, ones to have on loop. Um, Joseph says, I just keep changing my mind with every comment I see. I don't know if I'll ever rewatch it, but Philadelphia moved me to tears. Joe versus the volcano for comedy. That's another one uh, I agree about Philadelphia. I've seen it and I was incredibly moved and I don't yeah. know if I'll be able to rewatch no. Like, I don't know if I'll ever rewatch Glory because I yeah. don't know if, speaking of another Denzel movie, right? Yeah. But like, it's too emotionally powerful for me to I mean, do again. I, I don't think I've ever seen more than a clip or two again of like Schindler's List. It was like, I'm glad oh, I saw that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to or like I mean there's certain movies I was watching a clip the other day I don't know on some Instagram thing about Monsters Ball and I was like I'm never gonna see this movie uh-uh. again uh-uh. I mean I saw it in the theater uh-uh. and I was like I'm done I never I never have to see those again yeah. ever well it's not like you're flipping through the cable package on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon and you're like oh Schindler's List and we're only two hours in still near the beginning uh, yeah mm, oh this is my this is a rewatchable this is my favorite part <laughs> yep. Now, extremely important movies, I will yes. say, that you've referenced, but like I think we should all watch them, but yes. I don't know that rewatches are necessary. No. 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 Uh, Laura says, I know it's considered creepy now, but I have soft spot for big. 
It's just a com- it is a joyful movie that is very complicated. When I yes. first saw her comment, like I just saw the first part of it come up, I was like, if she says the goddamn Polar Express, I'm going to like riot. <laughs> like you're kicked out, you're kicked out, Laura. But I I, I accept big. He's delightful yeah. in it, and he yeah. was nominated for an Oscar. Yep. Uh, Margaret says Joe versus the volcano. I'm starting to think maybe I really need to see that. We've got three yeah. endorsements on that in this list. John says, Big was the best movie, in my opinion. It was original and directed by Penny Marshall. That's true. League of Their Own was Penny Marshall, too, right? Yeah. So she's represented Um, on this list pretty well. Yep. Uh, And finally, Scott says, oh, here's another one I don't feel the need to rewatch. Saving Private Ryan. No. But for the Tishi reference, shouldn't someone say the money pit? Well, they are. Come on, the best. (laughs) You know your Tishi lore. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Saving Private Ryan. One time, I'm good. Although, guess, guess who wants to watch that one in the Uh, Butler household? mm -hmm. (laughs) Definitely Bridget. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And weirdly Bruce. (laughs) He's like, yeah, obviously. (laughs) I know Rory is still. He's just really wants to see Oppenheimer and I'm like buddy it is it is three hours long like god bless him I don't even want to see Oppenheimer I know and I you know actually I should probably take him in the theater just because that's the only way to get him to like shush it for a second because when we're at home he just asks like a billion questions um so I'm like maybe we should but no I can't it's three hours though he did go see the Batman I think which I think was also three hours long the Batman yeah Oh, I forgot God. to mention in small talk, just because it's so rare, Sam and I, we went to a movie over the weekend. Who would you see? Well, so we couldn't decide between Barbie and Oppenheimer. So we went to the Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> well, ah. <laughs> was it we good? Caught, it's on the tail end of its, you know, theater release. So the one of the local theaters was showing it one time Friday night. I think we were Saturday yeah. night. And so we caught the nine o'clock show and it was okay. And I think I need to put an earmark in this. Maybe we can put this on the, the, the tickler, the follow-up file here, but um, I, I need to reassess my rankings of the Indiana Jones movies mine, now. Mine is immovable. It will never change. I never have. Oh, that's it. a statement. So, but, but where does five slot in? I mean, that's my question. Oh, well, I haven't seen right. the last one. I mean, I haven't right. seen five, so I, I can't include that. But still, it would never change because I have one that I love. I that I truly well, think well, Holy Grail. So. I mean, right. Having one that you love makes sense. Yeah. But it's ranking all five of them in order that I'm curious about. You know what? I have to say, I want to see it because in watching The Fugitive, which I know is 1993, which is now 30 years ago. Um, you know, I think I said on the show last week when he's like giving himself, I don't know, a shot of something antibiotics mm-hmm. or whatever i was like god damn he, <laughs> he's yeah. hot um and then in I that heard, area that's not quite hip not quite yes, ass but yep. yes mm-hmm. i, I know like, exactly <laughs> what you're talking about <laughs> i'm like jesus christ and then there's a part where he's taking his shirt off and changing and you're like and he's not ripped so much that you're like oh that's like un- you know it's like just he's like a hot older dude but um I heard that in this, uh, you know, he's like 80 or whatever. And they're like, he still looks pretty good. <laughs> he, he looks old. He doesn't look that old. And yeah. you do get to see him, you know, pretty. Yeah. Yes. The answer is yes. Uh, okay. Well, anyway, we well, some week when we're slow and more people have seen the fifth one when it comes out on whatever streaming service we're going to. 
Well, get out of my way. I need to talk about how I saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the theater. Don't be jealous. (laughs) Actually, it was pretty good. All right. Rank the Ninja Turtles. (laughs) I mean, we've discussed this. I mean, it's it's a I mean, and I I would assume you're you're a Donatello with a Leonardo rising. Of course. Of course. (laughs) How well you know me. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Sorry, right. I didn't mean to derail us. No, no, that's okay. You know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Harrison Ford will happily derail us at any time. Yep. I mean, um, what, is, what is the premise of the show other than derailment? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's about everything. <laughs> uh, somebody found out I had a podcast the other day. They're like, oh my God, what is it about? And I was like, well, it's called This Show Has Everything. So it's kind of about everything. I'm like, we talked the other day. We talked about whatever. And they were like, oh, uh, okay. You know, it's like, well, I'll give it a listen. I'm like, I always want to. <laughs> We talked about different people named Dirk. (laughs) That's a real Dirk off. (laughs) All right. Okay. So should we move on to the medium talk? Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're, um, we have stuff in the works of something we, a show, an episode that we want to do. It just wasn't quite ready this week. We're like bouncing off ideas. What should we talk about? And all that was on my mind was middle school which is what we called it um, because Bridget has started um, her middle school years. She's in sixth grade and here, and I think in most of, I mean, I don't know. I can't speak of all for all of Texas, but in Dallas and in Austin, it's uh, sixth through eighth. And it's just, you know, it's just, is such a, it's such a transition time. And I, for me personally, it was, um, I mean, college was sort of tough in, in different ways, but this was such a tough time. And just yeah. like everybody is a lumpy piece of clay that's being molded into what they will be in the future, I guess. But like everything is awkward. Everybody is trying to act like they're not awkward. And it's just as tough. And I it's, wanted to talk about it's it. Terrible. It's, it's I, terrible. I will say to my dying day that – the eighth grade year is the worst year of anybody's life. I mean, let's set aside things like divorces and yes. cancer and all that, you know, but just in the sort of human experience, I think eighth grade is just awful Yeah, yeah. because everything, like you said, is changing so much. And I know it seemed to me like that's really the time when you're trying to find your place. Mm-hmm. in mm, society almost and your school is your society so yeah. it's like everybody's afraid and nobody knows where they fall and it's very much the time of um people feeling like they can only lift themselves up by putting each mm-hmm. other other people down not that that doesn't exist as adults but it's just so nakedly obvious yes. and as at that age uh, yeah, it's like, yeah, like nobody fits and everybody's afraid and yes. it's just icky. It's icky. I know. I if anybody thinking... says they enjoyed middle school, that person is a psycho. Yeah, seriously. I, I mean, you know, you guys know me. I'm, I, I'm a relatively like happy go lucky kind of person. And it's not like I've had like big depressive. That was a time I remember just being so unhappy with everything I mean, like I had friends, but I was just so unhappy with everything in my life. And there's that, like, you want to be popular or whatever, or like have friends and stand out. And 
But then you also want to be exactly like everybody else. And if you go, if you veer off at all, then it's like really it's looked down ruthless, on. It, and it's really. scary. Yeah. Any kind of individuality is punished yeah. ruthlessly by the crowd. Yes. And it's such groupthink. And it's, oh, I know. So when Bridget was going off on the school bus on Monday, I was like, you know, I hope we've done a good job with you. I, I mean, it, there's nothing you can do to prepare somebody. It just is. It is what it is. It is uncomfortable and it's moody and they can't control it because their hormones are raging in different ways and at different freak, like different speeds. You know, you look at some kids that are like, and I'm sure you were like this. You were so much taller than a lot of other kids. Yep. And then they're like, or like I remember getting weighed and I was like 120 pounds and my friend weighs like 68 pounds. And I'm like, how are we in the same grade? Why are we <laughs> the same age? Like, how yep. does this happen? And now as adults, like we're more, you know, obviously some things even out, but it just is, it, it's just, it's just terrible. Yep. It's just terrible. I, I have a hard time like watching TV or movies when they have like tween boys, I have a real hard time pegging their ages Yes, because they could be 12 or they could mm-hmm. be eight. You mm-hmm. just don't know. Yeah, exactly. They all kind of look like little babies until I'm trying to think of what, maybe like sophomore year in high school, they start to, to hit look, the growth spurt. Yeah. Look more. God, this is off the subject, but I did have a Spanish class. Um, and, she did tell me I was a pleasure to have in class, which was amazing. But she also made us individually, every person in the class, she would teach us a Spanish song. We'd have to get up and sing it. Y'all have no. heard my voice. Oh, yeah. Everybody had to do it, which was almost a great equalizer because everybody had to do it. So it was like, well, whatever. And it was like, esta son las mañanitas. Like, it was so bad. And the boys would get up. And it, this was seventh grade. And the boys' voices are all changing and sound like that. Like, esta and it was just almost cruel, but it just, you would want, I would be more embarrassed for the boys than anything else because girls' voices change, but not as dramatically. It's like the one thing that doesn't change as dramatically on girls. And it's so awkward to watch them stand up there trying to be like emotionally sing this silly song. Anyway, yeah, it sucks. Um, well, Anne Lovely. End of medium talk. Yeah, yeah. It sucks. <laughs> uh, we were going to discuss our different um, experiences there. Um, and we have um, Anne set us up in little groups. We're organized, which is good. Because otherwise, it would just be like, and there was this one time that I mm-hmm. had to do this and this. Um, but just broadly, let's talk about how your school was set up. Anne? Uh, well, we were Seventh through ninth was our middle school, so just a slight shift off yeah. of Bridget's. Uh, seventh and ninth middle school, and then ten through twelve, so sophomores through seniors was high school, which is a little odd. But they actually changed that. Uh, oh, between me and my brothers, I think. So I think it's nine to twelve now, and I don't know if the. I mean, it doesn't matter for the purposes of this discussion. Um, whether it went six to eight or it's just seven and eight, but anyhow, um, and it, let's see what, a, uh, and it, and it funnels in, I think six elementary schools from around the Roseville area, <laughs> uh, all come together in, in that space and, and it's awful. There we go. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bobby. So this is a simple question with a more complicated answer than it needs to be, but 
when I was in middle school, it was middle school. Uh, excuse me. When I was in middle school, it was very much a junior high, quote unquote, seventh through ninth grade junior high. But the year I went to high school, when I was a sophomore, they shifted the district around. So my class was the first class to get split between two high school buildings for the first time in a long time. It used to be that there were two middle schools that fed into one high school. They turned a second one into a high school and they shifted it so that middle school was six through eight and high school was nine through 12. The advantage was that we were never the youngest class in yeah. high school. Yeah. Right. And there were these legends of like, oh, the seniors always haze the sophomores when they're and the new ones in the yep. building. And which of course week. was not really true, but Mm-mm. whatever. Nope. Uh, and then so we were like, yeah, because the ninth graders are going to take all that heat. So fuck them. Um, <laughs> Kill or be killed. Also, you know, I think there were seven elementary schools in Webster back then. Something Jesus. like that. And um, two middle schools, none the white high school. But when it went to two middle schools and two high schools, the middle schools were very much north south for the town. And then the high schools were east-west, basically. So Ooh. both oh, wow. classes got split in half. Wow. And then redistributed. Wow. <laughs> so my high school was half kids from each middle school, and it was very weird. Um, and so, like, lots of social dynamic confusion there yeah. as I got to high school because no of that. Um, so, yeah, anyway, it was seven through nine for me. And... Uh, and uh, yeah, Hillary, how's stuff done in the great state of Texas? <laughs> well, it's so great. Um, Do you even have school after sixth no, grade? No, we don't. No, <laughs> we go work on the farm um, or the ranch. Um, right. We had ours was six through eight, like Bridget's. Um, ours. W- so when Dave and I first started dating, I think I've told this before, but he came um, to visit my. We, I, we went down to my parents for like Labor Day or something and driving around as I'm wont to do, like, here are the highlights of Hillary's life. And I was like, yes, I, I know where you were baptized. <laughs> yes. Um, I had told him before, like, you know, he, he's from Boston. So he went to a private Catholic school. <clears> as, Milton uh, Academy. Yes. Right? No, no. He went to BC High, oh, okay. um, which is named in Spotlight. I love it. I'm always so excited. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Um, it's across the street from the Globe. <laughs> so knew. it's like, and they knew. Um, but they laugh. <laughs> um, but they, um, anyway, so I would always brag about like how I'm, you know, one of the people I was like, I went to public school and he was like, okay, like, congratulations. I did not go to public school. But I, I can't do anything about it now. And it, me like just touting how like great my public school education, how proud I am to have gone to public school. And he, I drove him around like where I went to elementary school, middle school, high school. And he was like, this is not, this is not like a public school. This is a private school. Like it is a public school in name, but um, where I grew up in Dallas is 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 Dallas, but it is like it's called the bubble because it's like a self-contained area in the middle of Dallas. Like we're about ten minutes from downtown. We're really, really close in. Everything around us isn't is Dallas. Like my parents couldn't vote for Dallas mayor or anything because while technically you could address things to Dallas, we had a whole like other government. Anyway, so we were not in Dallas Independent School District. We were in Highland Park Independent School District, which meant we had four elementary schools, which were like pretty small. I mean, they weren't tiny, but they were small enough. Four elementary schools, one middle school, one high school. So I knew everybody that I, I, I knew everybody. It was a pretty small area that you're drawing from. So the social standards were sort of 
or the social hierarchy, if you will, was kind of built from the very beginning. I mean, by the fifth grade, I knew who the popular girls were. Like, and they were the girls that I went to elementary school. They were still the popular girls in high school. They were still like mm-hmm. the cheerleaders and the drill team and all that stuff. So, um, yeah. So I, I knew everybody I was with, but, um, by the time, um, I got to sixth grade and me being like whatever, 120 pounds, then with the all other 70 pound girls, uh, my, my, the die was cast. (laughs) I was not going to be a popular girl. Um, but you were a cheerleader. Uh, Okay. We've got the picture to prove it. Yes. But in eighth grade, so apparently, Okay. Yes, I was an eighth grade cheerleader, um, but in previous years, eighth grade cheerleader was like such a coveted thing that there were girls that were like, I mean, it was like turned into. This is before I was there. Tur- girls would like fight over it. It was just like this ugly kind of scenario that they decided to make eighth grade cheerleader vol like you could just sign up for it. So I oh. signed up for it. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't like that 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 group was like one of nine groups. Like there were like almost everybody was a cheerleader except I think Missy and my friend Chelsea and Emily were not cheerleaders. Almost everybody else was cheerleader. But then to be a freshman cheerleader, that was like a whole other that I was like, this is where uh, I begin and end. I'm done with my, my cheering of like stupid boys sports. Anyway, but yeah, six through six through eighth braces the whole time. Um, (laughs) Christy, um, mine was like and seven through nine. I wonder if because we went at the same time, if there was a sw- like a shift oh, to I go wonder. universal. Because I looked up my high school today s- to see the mascot, and it has also changed hmm. to be six through eight. Huh? I, I wonder. Well, yeah, my school has changed to be. They have. Um, I went to McCullough Middle School. Now there's McCullough in a Intermediate School, which is five and six, which I wonder if it was like overcrowding. I don't know. And then the middle or June, whatever, middle school is uh, seven and eight. But they're like on the same campus, but I guess like two separate buildings. I don't know. Um, That's one school, man. Yeah, no, it is. It's on the same campus. Uh, they just God. keep them separated, I guess. Uh, yeah. yeah. Twice like the, the administration. Wait, what's the song? Who sang... You gotta keep them separated. (laughs) Isn't it Offspring? I was gonna say, I think that's an Offspring song. (laughs) We're not gonna use that for the outro music. No, we're not. No, we're not. No, we're not. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) I like it. Um, Okay, now that we got the lay of the land, um, let's talk challenges. Um, I'm gonna go back way. Christy, tell me about some of your challenges. Oh, gosh, draft. Well, oh, I mean, how long, how many can I name? <laughs> um, so part of it was I came, I moved to this area. Um, yeah, I was going to ask, were you in the Washington, were you in the Seattle area? Yeah, in sixth grade. So everyone had been together. I didn't really have a friend group. I was just like the weird new kid. Um, also, we weren't rich. So I, I lived yeah. in an area like Kirkland, Redmond, and everybody was like, pretty wealthy and so I wasn't um um so then like I just remember one time at lunch someone was like talking about Costco I'm like what's Costco and it was like record scratch like what um <laughs> and, I know I know um so I, mean, some, I wouldn't have but I didn't live in Kirkland and Redmond right yeah. exactly yeah in seventh grade I had like 
always seemed to be greasy hair. Like yeah. I would yeah. wash it every day. That's and those still, hormones, man. It's the yeah. hormones and it didn't ever do anything. Like it was like too straight to be curly and too curly to do anything. Um, and then in eighth grade, I became stylish and I um, got big hair. So yeah. I did a whole thing with the bangs. I think at one point it was 11 inches tall. Oh, um, the waterfall bangs. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So I was taking a style from um, where my cousin lives, which is Idaho. And I probably shouldn't have done that. And also, I was like a huge New Kids on the Block fan, um, which got me into some trouble um, because people made fun of me. Um, yeah. So those are. <laughs> that was your situation? Yeah, I didn't really, like, I didn't really fit anywhere. Yeah. I had these, like, kind of people I knew from sixth grade. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just mostly, yeah, you know, played with other apartment kids. Yeah. <laughs> Until eighth grade kids. is when I, <laughs> I think it was eighth grade. No, ninth grade is when I like hit my stride. Yes. You're like, I got this. Yeah. I got and this I now. got a group of friends, a bunch of other dorks. And what does that uh, feel like? <laughs> <laughs> Still hoping to do Just that. So yeah. it'll, it'll happen for you, Bobby. Don't <laughs> you worry, honey. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't love the new kids so much. I loved real boys. Like I got yes. <laughs> way crazy and yeah. It happens. Boy crazy. Christy. Yeah. Um, well, I, yeah, I mean, it's very typical. I had, yeah, like frizzy hair that I would try to straighten, which was <laughs> not a good idea. Because they then. didn't have good flat irons no. then. No. Oh God. <laughs> and it was just like a big puff ball. So didn't quite know what to do with that. Um, I was definitely like grown into my bods. So I was a little bit chubby. Um, I had, I did, like I said, I got braces. I got braces the winter of my sixth grade year and pretty much had them on until the very end of or until my my sister got married and when I was in eighth grade and I told the orthodontist I have to have these off by April third mm-hmm. or whatever and he was like okay we we'll, we'll get that done, um, and I was just it I had I hadn't been like popular in elementary school but I had like a lot of friends and I was really trying to keep some of those friends and they had moved on to being like cool, and it was just one of those like we said it was just one of those times trying to figure it out but. I have this memory when you were talking about like, I didn't know what to do with my hair. It was oily Mm -hmm. and all this. I have this memory of, this is so like body horror gross, but I have this memory of being in my seventh grade science class. And seventh grade was really my terrible year. Like eighth grade wasn't great, but like seventh grade was like just really me feeling like down in the dumps and having like this terrible acne. And my skin was so oily, like just like dripping with oil in my memory. And I remember thinking... And I had all these zits and I remember thinking, God, I wish I could like peel my skin back and like scrape all the pus out <laughs> oh. of like, because the- <laughs> I was just like, oh, that would be so satisfying because I have so many zits right now. It's just, and I don't know, maybe I didn't have so many, but it just felt like I was just had an infected face of acne. Oh, and I probably used like sea breeze or Noxzema <laughs> or something. And I was just oh trying to gosh. strip it dry. Those we all used Noxzema. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God! And that, just that smell, and I there's a deodorant that I can't remember what it is, but there's a deodorant. If I smelled it now, it like reminds me of middle school. Like the smell of that deodorant just just like was maybe my first like constant buy, and it just it's like some gel formation. It just reminds mm-hmm. me of middle school. And changing, we had to change for PE, and we had to wear red shorts and a yellow top because those were our colors, and they were awful. And it was like you had to take a shower in the middle of the day. Oh God. Ugh. 
Ugh. Anyway, that was my middle school challenges. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was yeah. so fun. Yeah, fun. I none of yeah, us but, went to schools that had school uniforms, right? At least yeah, right. I wanted one so era. badly, though. I mean, oh, I did I when I was in England, but that was elementary. Right, but but that's okay too, because. You know, my one of my challenges that I completely did not recognize then that I fully recognize now was poverty. Like I just did not yeah. realize yeah. that I was poor. Like mm-hmm. I knew we weren't rich, but I didn't no, realize that's that the we best were best way to do it. So, yeah. Poor, don't yeah. know it. Yeah, yeah, like I didn't realize that like not always having clean clothes and like and and poor parenting. Like, hey mom, I hope mm-hmm. you're not listening to this now or in twenty minutes in or else. You've just realized that you were bad. You were bad <laughs> mom. Just yeah. funny and not. Um, but, uh, you know, I was also awkward. I was a loner. I, I did not not get along with people. I just didn't socialize a lot. Like, I was simultaneously loud and outspoken and, and uh, me, the me you know, <laughs> and also sort of shine on my own a lot. And some of it was like I could not afford... I couldn't get rides places and it was suburbia and I couldn't afford to go do stuff. So I just didn't do a lot of stuff. I walked to school. I would go to school early and hang out in what I will call the the tech lab. But this was in the days when like the tech lab wasn't a computer lab. It was the wood shop that had been rebranded for the 21st century and then had some computers. And so like I had a couple of young tech teachers who were teaching us how to build little robotic cars like with that little cheap engines and using phone line to power them it's like literally having cables hanging from the ceiling trying to build these little cars which sounds awesome i was not good at it it was like primitive robotics what i was good at was tooling around on the computer in that room and then playing with the uh cad engraving machine that would magically appear for one quarter of the year carving these little metal plates and in hindsight, boy, I wish I had just turned that into a career so that I could be making a lot more money in a great union job doing, like, design work for industry somewhere. But I didn't. So all I really did was um, – really what I would do is I would walk from our house, like, the few blocks to school, but then walk past school, go to the gas station, get a coffee, middle school or me – Mm-hmm. But coffee this is being on brand. Like, <laughs> coffee for me though then being half coffee and half like hot chocolate from the powdered hot chocolate machine and then some sort of junk food and I was thin as a rail in middle school I could eat anything I wanted it was no problem my super high metabolism uh with whatever like change I had scrounged up and then I would walk to school and eat and drink that before class uh and I would do that and then The only other memories I really have, and I genuinely mean this, I have blocked out so much from middle school. Um, I'll do a little bit more of it in Most Embarrassing, but uh, it was Tech Lab in the morning and Chorus in the afternoons. Um, And I'll get into it more later, but I had a Chorus teacher who was one of the many male role model figures who filled in for the lack of father in my childhood. And, um, And that was pretty much it. I don't remember much about going to class any of those years i just have some distinct memories of that stuff um and uh and boy scouts so you yeah. know i was i was happening there because i was the boy scout troop quartermaster <laughs> of course you hey. were. yeah <laughs> um and you probably had the biggest transition into yeah. middle school 
think, compared to any of us, just because of the major shift in your life around that time. Yeah, I think that's probably fair to say without minimizing anybody else's trauma uh, from that. We moved from Switzerland back to Minnesota in the summer between sixth and seventh grades. They so. do call Minnesota the Switzerland of the... <laughs> The Midwest. The Indeed. Northwest. We are neutral in every conflict. <laughs> um, so, yes, it was a complete and total culture shock because I had been obviously living in a foreign country with no access to essentially the pop culture that marinates American society. And the school that I was going to uh there was well it was an international school and it really it catered to basically anybody who was an expat could go there just not swiss nationals um and so it was a a very not a transitory place but it was a, a school of people in transition because there were a lot of People like my family, like where one of the parents, usually the father, let's be real, got mm-hmm. transferred to work and live in Switzerland for a a set amount of time. And then they would go on to the next thing. Like I remember one of my best friends, she was born in Korea and then they had lived in Greece and then they were in Australia and then they came to Switzerland. So it was really wow. full of kids coming and going and then there was also the core of kids that were just expats that lived in switzerland now so that they were there for the the duration but in general it it was a system that where there was a lot of change and a lot of moving around and a lot of new people and coming and going and all of that stuff and it was kind of a hybrid of a british and american school system a little bit. So I went from that to traditional American middle school where it was full of people like Hillary who had been in that school system yeah. for their entire school career and knew each other. And I I happened we missed seventh grade orientation, whatever the big evening is that you go and meet the teachers and whatever. And so I had a special uh, orientation all by myself. I distinctly remember sitting in the library at the middle school with Mr. Groves, the seventh grade dean, which I would say I feel sorry for them, but I never had a dean that did anything for me. Yeah. yeah. Not even Dean LaFriends in high school, whose name was actually Dean. <laughs> um, but I remember him telling me specifically, and I didn't like I wasn't worried about anything I didn't know enough to be worried right I was just like a blank slate coming You're in like naive going right into I like I'm just this little I have no expectations or fears of what's going to happen because I don't know but I remember Mr. Gross specifically saying to me now you don't have to be scared about not knowing anyone because this is a new situation for everybody because everybody is new at this school uh, and so nobody's going to know anybody and and even at 12 years old, I knew that was bullshit. Yeah. Because they at least knew everybody from their elementary school. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it, it was it was bad. It was really bad. It was not knowing the rules of anything and 
Christy, you said you got made fun of for being a big fan of the Backstreet or Backstreet Boys of New Kids mm-hmm. on the Block. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How dare. I had no idea who New Kids on the Block were. Like it was just not part of my anything. Like I was just so out to sea with everything. I was just a weird tall kid with really frizzy hair and big plastic glasses who wore homemade teal-colored corduroy overalls. Oh. Thank you, Mommy, for making me those corduroy overalls. They had a little rainbow heart embroidered on the front. Be which so cute right now. Like, I know. Right? But when <laughs> you're coming into that situation, like when everyone was wearing their like esprit mm-hmm. and I don't know what all the other, I don't remember, your, your hyper, hyper, genera hyper color shirt, yes. color changing shirts mm-hmm. and Hell stuff. Yeah. Like, I I was just. I, it's weird I that all just... you wanted was a big dog T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know. Like, I was very well aware that my clothes did not meet the fashion standard, but I didn't really know what they were, and I didn't really want them. Like, even back at that age, I was like, "There's no point in me trying to fit in because." there's no possibility of me fitting in. So it's not like I thought, oh, if I just get the right clothes and I just do my hair right, then, you know, I can be part of this. I just knew that I was so different that there was no assimilation for me. And I remember coming home and lying on the bed and just sobbing for months in that first year and just wishing we could go back to Switzerland where it's not like I was popular but at like least six, you knew the whole. You knew the I knew rules. Yeah. I knew the ground rules and I knew the people and and weirdly sixth grade was definitely I even noticed it there, where s- society was beginning to stratify into yeah. popular and not popular kids sure. and all of a sudden I was like a not popular kids and some of my friends like Hillary like you said some of your friends were popular yeah. and you weren't and, and I was like, what is happening? Yeah. But I would have gone back to that in a heartbeat, yeah. and it was probably. At least most of the way through eighth grade before I really made any friends. I sat by myself at the lunch table forever and I brought my book as armor, right? (laughs) My mom always talks about, you were the girl with her nose in a book all the time. And people would comment I was standing at the bus stop waiting for the school bus reading the book. And I was reading the book at lunch at the cafeteria. And I was reading a book, reading a book, reading a book. Well, the book was armor. The book was hiding me and shielding me from my isolation and trying to make it look like that's what I wanted. Yeah. You're like, I have other things to do. I am reading. Yes, exactly. I I spent lunches in the library. Yeah. Not necessarily reading. I mean, reading as well, but also just, you know, hiding out. (laughs) I don't actually know where I spent lunch for eighth and ninth grade, but I know it wasn't in the lunchroom. And we weren't mm-hmm. allowed to not be, be in the lunchroom. So I'm not quite sure how I finagled that. But uh, I was just, it was, and then it was probably most of the way through eighth grade. And I was finally, you know, Christy, like you said, you found your people. Mm-hmm. I had sort of carved a friend group and it, things were starting to get better. And my parents like brought me into their bedroom and sat me down on the bed and said, what would you think if we moved back to Switzerland? 
And I fell apart. I remember just like falling back on the bed and sobbing and being like, you can't do this to me. I finally made friends. Uh, and my parents got a looking at each other over my head like, like what is what, this? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> because it was so traumatic. It yes. took me almost two years. Well, You're like, I put all the work in. They can't keep like moving you places either. It starts to get really bad. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. When you're when you're a little kid, like it doesn't matter that much. No. You're so flexible that you can g- go to a new school every couple of years. And, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, when you get to be that age, it's a much bigger ask yep. to move yeah. your teenager around like that. So it, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad, yeah. guys. Yeah. Yeah. It sucked. Well, I mean, do you think that like that sort of like your friend groups, <laughs> Wait, like who were the friends that you met in eighth grade at the end? What was your clique? Oh, it was the nerds. It, and it was, and all my friends were like, like good grade getters, high achievers. And like most of them were like AV nerdy. Yep. Uh, I remember they were, on the BBS boards all the time, you know, the primitive mm-hmm. message boards. Like, yep. I wasn't that, like, I wasn't a Star Trek nerd. And much love to Star Trek nerds, because my mom and my brother Carl are big Star Trek nerds. But, like, that that kind of nerd wasn't my jam. I was just, like, this so smart, I couldn't be anything but a nerd nerd. Um, but, but, yeah, it was mostly, like, this super high achiever yeah. Nice kids. Nice yeah. kids. Nice kids. Pleasure yeah. to have in class kids. A pleasure to have in class. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bobby, who are your friends? Well, I wrote everyone and no one because I genuinely think that's true. I don't think I didn't figure out until later that I have a superpower, which is to shift between social circles really comfortably. Which you code is a huge- switcher. Yes, and it's a huge benefit for me at work, actually, as a fundraiser, and just navigating, like, board and colleagues and people with different priorities in my universe. Um, But I really did hang along most of the time. Um, You know, I I had, I I basically had a lot of acquaintances. Like, I had people who I would be perfectly friendly with and be happy to catch up with. I had the crew that I went to, like, church youth group with that was probably the closest I had to, like, friends, friends. Um, and that was a handful of mostly women, a couple of whom at the time I did middle school date at some point or another. <laughs> did you dance? Um, like when, if you were at a dance, your arms are like stretched out, like on her stiff. shoulders or, or yeah. on yeah. her waist or oh, something yeah. and that. you just sway back and forth. <laughs> no. So, well, you know, dating in middle school in church youth group means, uh, right. sleepovers where you stay up all night and watch TV and movies. Yes, lock-ins. And, yep. Oh my then, god, I was talking about lock-ins the other day, and I was like, "That's right. my personal nightmare right now." Like, I yep. can't imagine. But like, as a kid, and like, I was like, "Yes, we get to stay up all night in the Y, you know, gym or whatever with our mm-hmm. sleeping bags." Yes, and I, you know, successfully courting, uh, you know, someone who would later end up becoming one of my best friends into a first kiss in a construction site at our church yeah so how romantic i know Uh, anyway so uh i also was you know i had these weird friendships with teachers just because i was hanging around so much and so i mentioned that the tech teachers and mr armstrong who i was googling before we started recording that's why i was getting distracted because he was like the young hip 
young, cool teacher in that department when I got there. He'd only been there a year or two. And now I look and he's still in that department, you know, all these years later, 20 something years later. And he's now probably the old guy in that department. Yeah. yeah. Right. He's got to be. And he's got like a side business on Facebook building furniture for people. And I was like, right, because it's the tech lab because he's building shit all day. That's what he does. Uh, But also my middle school chorus teacher, Dr. Beery, who I'm Facebook friends now. We keep up occasionally. But he was one of, again, one of the many sort of role model figures filling voids in my childhood. He came to my school when I was in eighth grade. My seventh grade year, the chorus teacher had been this very, like, young, flaky, hippie-ish chick who just taught us Joni Mitchell songs, literally. <laughs> and and she disappeared after that year. I don't know what happened to her. Uh, and when this guy, Dr. Beery, showed up, everybody hated him because he wasn't Miss Bright. <laughs> this girl, we, this woman who had been teaching the class before him. And he was very stern and very tall and kind of awkward and was way overqualified, I would learn, for the job. He used to work for Syracuse University, like teaching the men's glee club and stuff. And I would later realize that uh, he had moved to Rochester because his partner had a job in Rochester. Uh, and he was gay, but it was a secret back then. He didn't want yeah. anyone to know he was gay. Well, I don't, I don't know about there, but I know here, even when I was in college, you had to sign, sign a form that said you weren't. That's so... And that wasn't even that long ago. Yeah, so. I... So, you know, all that was there, and he was very nice to me, and I had another friend, John, uh, who he was very nice to, and the three of us would do things. We would go get ice cream, we would spend time talking... And I sort of later realized, actually, while we were still friends, I realized a couple of things. Uh, One, he couldn't understand why everybody knew he was gay, even though it was very (laughs) obvious. And the kids would call him Dr. Query, which was cruel and terrible. Um, I would later realize that John, my mutual friend with him, was figuring out that he was gay. And Dr. Berry was kind of helping with that process. And I was definitely there. Look, there's nothing to see here. It's just a teacher and a couple of students. Ah. Like they weren't, you know, it was nothing inappropriate. It was just like he was helping him through that emotionally. And by my being around, I'm sure I added some level of this isn't creepy. One student right. with one teacher alone yeah. thing. Yeah. And, you know, this guy was very cautious and careful about, you know, he understood like this has to, we can go out, but it has to be somewhere in public and we meet there and, you know, nothing inappropriate, uh, but it has to also not even have the appearance of that. So in hindsight, I realized I was actually playing a really important role <laughs> in all of that. Um, and I, you know, just that, like I said, I was I had friends with teachers. Um, similarly, one of my high school teachers, I would later be, I was, I became friends with his, uh, her son in middle school. And so I became like a fixture in their household on occasion, And she would later be one of my sort of formative English teachers in high school. So I just, even as a child, was way too mature and wanted to hang out with the teachers. So Did you get to go to to the lounge? (laughs) Ooh, the lounge. (laughs) Never never really had teacher's lounge stories. But in high school, I, I was the editor of my high school newspaper. I'm sure that'll be a shock. 
and we had our own office which was like this weird corner room that wasn't quite big enough to be a classroom uh but i think at some point it had been a science lab so it had like a like a wet bar counter in it with a sink and things um and i had a key to that space so I just treated it like having an office, and it was cooler than any teacher's lounge could have been because I just had computers and my own stuff in the high school. Cool. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but that's a different show. High school's a different <laughs> show. But anyway, that that was me with with my friend groups. Yeah, I just um, – there weren't a lot of kids my age in my neighborhood, and so – you know, for a kid that just went everywhere on his bike. Like, it would be until high school when I found the Frisbee kids that I, I hung out with anyone who wasn't a, in my Boy Scout troop. I'm thinking about being friends with teachers because I never was. Yeah. And I don't... There's a little bit of, like... I think this is most middle school, high school kids. Like, you don't really see your teachers as people with lives external to... Yes. Mm-hmm. The object permanence the of yeah. teachers is well, limited and, to school. And, it's, and when you're that age, you are so the center of your own yep. universe. Yeah. <laughs> you can't yes. really think about yeah. people who have other <laughs> universes. But I also never would have gone like I had friends that would drop by teachers classes right after school ended and chat for a while and I was always so flabbergasted uh because I never would have dreamed on like intruding on a teacher's business like I couldn't understand I ne- I was always like semi surprised when teachers knew who I was even though I was like in their classes kind of <laughs> the idea that they might want to see me and have anything to do with me other than like in the strictest professional sense never even occurred to me. And of course they did. And I, you know, had some experiences that proved differently, but it was sort of an odd thing to think yeah. about being friends with a teacher. Yeah. They're not people. Uh, they, they're not I, people. They're teachers. They're, they're both. It's weird. Shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> I had a middle school science teacher Mrs. Monachino, I can't remember her first name right now, who gifted me her copy of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Ooh. She gave it, it was like a fake leather, leather bound set with like all five books in it, um, like one big thick anthology. And she, she gave it to me and she said, I think you will appreciate this. That's all she said. Oh. And I did. I read the whole thing and I, yeah. And of course, you know, that must have been, I think that was eighth grade and uh, not a book for an eighth grader. (laughs) Well, you know, just one of those things. I was reading B.C. Andrews in like fifth grade. So (laughs) those are truly not. So, you know. And I Um, remember my eighth grade English teacher coming past my desk. And of course, I had a novel because I always did. Like I said, the book, the armor book. Yeah. And I was reading Ethan Frome by Edith Wharton, and he was like, man, that is wow. an interesting choice That's for an eighth grader. <laughs> I, think my par- I think we actually had it. Like, my parents had a copy of it, which is why I was <laughs> reading it, because I was one of those kids who was such an insatiable reader that, like, you you start jonesing for a book and mm-hmm. if I didn't have anything new. And so I would go look at our bookshelves and like, what can I read? Yeah. <laughs> I accidentally read a lot of Daniel Steele books because of that. <laughs> we learn a lot. Clearly, our parents had different tastes. Yeah. <laughs> um, You'll all remember that I, I think I'm the one who made us watch Primary Colors because yes. I read the book in yeah. the, oh, yeah. you know, right after it came out because we had a paperback of it just laying around. <laughs> 
um, all right. Well, my clique slash friend groups, as I had said, I had wanted to be popular. That was not going to be the case. But the thing that happens in middle school, I think, is if you're kind of striving, then it, you turn sort of – it was the meanest I was in my life. Like, And I don't think I was – I wasn't like me. I just was, you know – Everybody who was doing anything outside of what I thought was like appropriate or my friend group thought was like appropriate or or good or whatever, we would like just be so rude to. We did a lot of prank calls then. Some oh were funny, but um, some mm-hmm. were kind of mean. And it so where I grew up was really preppy. Like like I, I my dream was to have these three things. I wanted a Dooney and Burke, which like what the fuck, a Dooney mm-hmm. and Burke. Kohans, but not like cool Kohans like they have now. Like I wanted like the lo- loafer Kohans and a Seiko watch. Like that was the style of <laughs> where I, it's like very eighties kind of, you know, rich ish uh, glamour. And that's, and I feel like we all dress like our moms. Like I wore wrapped skirts and like turtlenecks and that was sort of the <laughs> style. But as we're rolling into like seventh, eighth grade, that's when like grunge and stuff was starting to become popular. And I remember there were some people which we lovingly called like the freaks would start like wearing combat boots or whatever. And like listening to, I don't know, Pearl Jam or, you know, that kind of stuff and not just like pop music. And I remember being kind of interested in it, but like not wanting to, I don't, I don't know. It was this sort of weird, like I didn't want to like really show that I was interested because then I'd be like shunned by my friends. But then, but then I kind of started making different friends and like Missy was more interested in that kind of stuff. So it was like, okay, well maybe it's cool. And I don't know why, but I remember really standing up for myself because <laughs> Under the Bridge was really popular. And I had some friends who I'm still friends with now. Like I'm still friends with them, these people. They were just all going through their awkward stage. But I remember my friend Katie was like, Ugh, that song is, I hate that song Under the Bridge. It's not a good song. Like it's so gross. And I was like, I like this song Under the Bridge. I like it. And I like, sw- I, we were in a pool and I like swam away from her. And that was like me establishing my independence. Like I like alternative music such as Under the Bridge by the Red Hot Chili <laughs> Um, but it was just the time of, I, like, I did have friends, but it was always feeling like I had to fit in. And it was, again, we, it was such a preppy kind of rich, um, culture. And I know I was, I did not grow up poor. I am, I'm very steadfast about that. I did not grow up poor. However, I did, I was the youngest of five kids, which is just a lot of kids. And at that time when I was in middle school, all my brothers and sisters were in college. And I remember my mom telling me, we have to, sh- in like sixth grade, we're shopping at JCPenney. We cannot shop at Harold's, which was like this nice boutique that had, again, like wrap skirts and shit. Like wrap skirts with uh, like hunting scenes on them. I don't know, like deer or like, <laughs> you know, dogs running around. It was like these sort of pastoral images that were painted on wrap skirts. I don't know why that was in fashion, but she was like, we cannot shop there. We just don't have the money for it. And in sixth grade, when I was starting, I was like, whatever, I don't care. It's no big deal. And then I remember in seventh grade, just being like so sad that I couldn't constantly go to the gap and get like a new pair of jeans. She was like, we don't have the money for this right now. So it was like, definitely at the time, while not poor, there were people that were so wealthy that I was just like, I really felt the difference between all of that. And I was kind of trying to like fake it. And it just, whatever, it just sucks. Like I had friends but I wasn't happy about it. So, yeah, you know, it sucks. <laughs> it sucks. Yep. Sorry, Bridget, it sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, Christy. Um, I didn't want to be popular um, because they uh, like because at my school, basically you had to you had to be rich to be popular. 
Um, and I didn't want that. Like, it all seemed like the mean bullies from every 80s movie that I loved. Yes. So I did not oh, want like to pink be popped collars <laughs> yeah exactly like pretty and pink yeah, yeah yes. it's weird that they just bought the ski resort <laughs> and they and like the popular kids mostly left me alone but then when i um established that i was a new kids on the block fan i had a big fight with the most popular girl um and that why who was me. she a fan of so for some reason they just picked on me about it and then in oh. math class um I was going up to the overhead projector to answer a, a question on there which is terrible to make kids do but um I was doing that and then she was in the front and she was just like whispering like you're a freak you're a freak and then I would just I think yeah. I, I kind of blacked out but I think I called her a bitch or Ooh, something yes. And then she's like, I'm going to have my boyfriends beat you up. And I said, you have multiple boyfriends? And then just walked away. So, I love yeah. Christy's never scared to be like, fuck <laughs> off. No, I was terrified. Because then they met me in the hall, the cool hall with the oh, where the, all the cool kids had their lockers, where I definitely was not. <laughs> um, but then, So it was, it was like more about maybe not so much that you were a fan of New Kids on the Block, but but that you wore your New Kids heart on your sleeve, sort of, like you were a yeah. big and fan. And my hanging tough tour jacket that I had oh, s- saved okay. all I'm summer. I'm starting to understand this now. <laughs> <laughs> and my binder was like filled with uh, pictures of Donnie. Um, then in eighth grade, I kind of found, I met who became my best friend through high school um, at just a party like a, a birthday party I didn't know her and then we became friends and then I kind of found a group of people that were also nerdy liked weird things didn't weren't popular dressed you know didn't have all the like latest esprit or didn't yes. get to shop at the bon <laughs> the bon marche that was our Herald. God, so. it's like when you start to know what like brands are and stuff mm-hmm. like I, I yep. mean I vaguely knew what like a spree was but I, there, I didn't really know about brands when I was like, like a nine-year-old and then all of a sudden you're like I know brand names and guest it, jeans mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hillary, were, were you of an age did you uh did you live through the peg and roll your jeans yes um, yes I did I didn't know how to do it though mm-hmm. like I couldn't yeah. I couldn't like I would try. I'm so not crafty, and that and that extends to pegging and rolling my jeans. <laughs> I mean, I never did it because yeah. once again, I just knew that it would be useless for me to try to what? follow trends and stuff. But I was aware that it was going on. Or Jerbo jeans. Uh, oh my uh, yes. god! Yeah. I could my- do the the peg and roll, and would do it for boys um, sometimes, but I didn't do it myself. My whole life has been spent, which is, I would say, probably similar to Christy, probably opposite to you, Anne. My whole life has been um, buying jeans that I like okay, but they're too long, but then I'm too lazy to get them. <laughs> yeah. Like him. So then they get all they, in the ratty back. at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> and I would Muddy start to roll and... them. Then I was like, I don't like them rolled. I'm just going to yeah. like wear them long. And then just they're like disgusting and all tar and then I hate them and well them especially out. boot cut flare jeans oh, like you God. couldn't roll those because that <laughs> just looked <laughs> ridiculous oh god short legs mm-hmm. um okay christine this is this is the this is the primo stuff tell us about your most embarrassing middle school moment okay i had a 
few, but this one really stands out. Um, I was in this, what grade was I in? I must've been in ninth grade. Um, I was in home ec class and we, we had different kitchens. I think there was four or six kitchens and then we would learn how to make something. The teacher would say, okay, we're doing this. And then we'd go to our kitchens, get the ingredients and come back to our kitchen and cook it as a um, kitchen group. I think there was like I four. loved that class. Yes. It was so fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so one time we were making chocolate molds and someone in my kitchen group had turned on the oven or the, the burner and they were electric burners. And um, I did not realize that because we were melting chocolate in the microwave to make it go faster. Mm-hmm. Um, Ooh, dangerous game. And so I was leaning over because we all had to like the chocolate was melting. We had to pour it into the mold and I was leaning over and my um, Notre Dame sweatshirt caught on fire. Oh, no. And (laughs) and I was like, I moved my hand up and saw the fire because it had caught on the elbow, too. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And I was like, I'm on fire. And I was like trying to like chicken wing it out and then someone <laughs> kept screaming stop chop and roll and I, was like, <laughs> and I couldn't because there was a table in the middle I was like I can't I literally can't um and then I got in trouble for that um what and I was yeah and luckily the style I don't know if you guys remember this was um sweatshirts usually college sweatshirts with a turtleneck underneath Yes. So the turtleneck. God, we must have been saved, so hot. I know. The turtleneck saved my life because it didn't. I mean, that sweatshirt went up. That was probably, you know. I'm sorry. The turtleneck saved my life. It has to be the show title. <laughs> and I was so sad because, you know, like we didn't have much money. And that was like something that my parents had like gone out to get. It was probably yeah. like a Christmas present. Yeah. And then it had a giant hole in it. <laughs> And then I had to go the rest of the day, like, so ashamed, like, putting my arm down, hoping that no one saw. Oh, I mean, God. the show title was going to be A Pleasure to Have in Class. <laughs> well, yeah, but... either or. <laughs> oh, that sucks. Um, okay, I have two. One, the first one is, like, I was in middle school, but this did not happen in middle school, but it happened with all of my, like, middle school friends. I took a dance class at this place called Mirrors. Um, the, the, um, in high school, the drill team, the Highland Park high school bells are, are really good. They are really good. Actually. That was like the only reason why I would go to the football games. Cause they were really good and fun to watch. And, but it really was one of those things like, like girls would start taking dance classes and, you know, it, it was, I knew I was never going to be a bell. Like that was not, that's not in my repertoire to be that good of a dancer. But I took a class in sixth grade at mirrors and we were doing high kicks and I, we were all like, you know, you have like kind of rockhead style. You're all like linked up and you're doing high kicks. And I slipped and fell. And everybody started laughing because it made such a loud noise when I oh, fell. No. And it was like, boom. My friend Katie will still be like, it was the loudest noise. I'm like, fuck off. Like, I'm sorry. I didn't, couldn't do anything about it. Um, anyway, that was like very scarring. And, but I did the thing that I do when I'm embarrassed, right? I, you know, you're like, Ah, like you're kind of laughing with everybody else, but inside you're just like dying. Anyway, that one was terrible. And then, and then in seventh grade, Texas history class. Okay. So every morning I would wake up, you know, to have my, I think I had moved on from Count Chocula at this point. I was in seventh grade after all. So I think I had Cheerios and I had a glass of orange juice because my parents 
especially my dad still believes that you have to have mm-hmm. it worked breakfast. on him. Got to have orange juice every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had my little glass of orange juice and I wanted another glass of orange juice. So I had another little glass of orange juice and that just all that milk and Cheerios and orange juice did not Oof. sit well with me. And luckily Oof. there was nobody in front of me, but I remember just being like, I don't feel good and just puked all over the desk in front of me. And yeah, it was, it was, Again, oh, Katie, no. who is still one of my dear friends, will still make fun of me for puking in Texas history class. It was aw- and again, it was, you know, like Roy's puked in class, but he doesn't. He was in first grade. Like, what does he care? But they in all seventh puke gr- everywhere. <laughs> no, yeah, they do. <laughs> but in seventh grade, it was like, and there was a boy that I liked in that class, and oh no, yeah, no, he got held back in like. Yeah. Eighth grade, so whatever, <laughs> fuck him. But um, anyway, yeah, it was traumatizing. Hillary, I have a question about Texas state history. Mm-hmm. Did it begin with the teacher singing "The Stars at Night Are Big and Bright," and then you guys clap and say "Deep in the Heart of Texas" every day? Um, not every day, no, <laughs> okay. not every day. But we did have to. Le- I mean, obviously, you learned that like from birth. But you did have to learn. Um, the Texas, well, the kids had to learn the Texas Pledge, which I definitely did not have to learn. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Um, but you did learn like the Texas state song, which I. Like, Texas are Texas, all hail the mighty state. Texas are Texas, so wonderful, so great. We had to learn all three verses of it. Jesus. I don't remember how many. And then we had to learn multiple verses of the Star Spangled Banner. Anyway, um, yeah. Texas history. It now, you know, it's that one of those things, like, as you get older, in your head, you were basically taught, like, we won independence from the nasty Mexicans and it was like the mm-hmm. white people and they're like all garbage people and Mexicans actually fought on, you know, or not Mexican, like Tejanos fought on the, you know, the, whatever. It's all so, mm-hmm. like we were sold a bill of lies. Hillary, and, we didn't come mm-hmm. here for nuance. Yeah. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Wait, anyway. what grade was Texas history? Well, we had it in third grade and seventh grade. Okay. It's so, weird because I have never had a Minnesota history class and maybe it's just because we're not so like involved yes um or <laughs> it could be that I just moved around so often that I missed stuff it. you know I mean I, I don't know they still have it I mean Bridget was like oh, this is so boring and I was like I know just like get through it you'll remember who Guy Yarbo is who like founded the first like settlement in Texas I still remember that um uh, the only other state I've ever heard of, I don't know. I need to ask Dave, but I, I don't know. Well, he didn't go to a public school, so I don't know if he would really know. But my cousins in Virginia said they had Virginia history. But that, like, makes more sense to me because it was, like, you know. Yeah. Virginia has Original a colony. Yeah. We had yeah. it. We had it. In, uh, you did. It was, You'd watch yeah, it. seventh grade. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I had New York State history. And, of course, you know, the Erie Canal song is, like, mm. the critical mm-hmm. juncture of that. Um and then we get a lot of Native American history because we had the Iroquois Five Nations, you know. Wow, I'm surprised at that. So, uh, yeah, surprisingly liberal. But again, because it was like, like, I grew up on Iroquois Street in Webster. Like, the the uh, the Native American influence is actually really strong in upstate New York. And so it was kind of unavoidable. But yeah, definitely units on that and like building a longhouse out of paper mache or something, you know, all <laughs> oh, that kind God. of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's same with, well, same yeah. with here. You can't get away from it. So they can't, what we didn't learn though, was, uh, about the, um, what were they called? The internment camps. 
We'd never oh, wow. learn about no, 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 of right. course not. Yeah, yeah but we did learn a lot about the Don't learn about it. Don't learn about it. You don't need to learn about it. Didn't happen. Oh, wow. If we don't teach it, it sure means that we definitely did nothing wrong and we're totally proud of our conduct. Yep. Everything is A-OK here. Don't. Don't look too closely. Nope. Um, okay, Bobby. Tell confident, us about Crisco. I am confident I'm blocking out worse things than these two things. Uh, and so if they come back to me, I will bring them to a later show. But two things that came to mind. Um, this was seventh grade science, Mr. Golden's class. Um, he had a student teacher, and we all had to build um, something to keep an ice cube cold as long as possible. And everybody mm. got the same size ice cube and got loaded up one morning. And a student teacher, this, you know, now I realize this 21 year old girl who had no desire to be there and had to run this little project. And um, people all built different things from home. And of course, because I got very little help <laughs> with yep. things like this, um, you know, my solution was um, to use Crisco to basically make like a like a cooler insulator out of vegetable shortening uh, because it is a really good, you know, insulator. That's a good idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I made a little pocket of it. But the problem was that it just wasn't particularly well constructed and it was a giant fucking mess. And when the student teacher ended up announcing all the results... She basically said, um, and yours, I really don't know, because after the first time I tried to open it, I just decided that I couldn't touch it anymore. It was too messy. (laughs) And the entire class basically just laughed at me for building something that the student teacher did not want to touch. Yep. Uh, So that was just like a random thing that sticks out in my mind. Uh, And then also, again, I used to ride my bike everywhere in middle school. Um, One day I was leaving school. Um, and well, I was not picked on aggressively a lot. Um, people did like to fuck with my stuff occasionally. Um, somebody had, um, loosened up the quick release on the front wheel of my mountain bike. That's dangerous. Uh, yup. I took it out of the rack and it was, you know, on a sidewalk and I was hopping down to the curb from the sidewalk down to the, the bus loop level, you know, the, the pavement, and when I went off the curb, my front wheel kicked out in front of me, rolled away comically. Um, the front spikes of my bike, now with no wheel, slammed the ground, and I flipped right over my bike and slammed my head um, for a bunch of random people to, you know, see. Um, thank God I was wearing a helmet. Clack, cracked the thing clean in oh half, straight, God, straight yes. left and right. Wow. And I was fine. I mean, I was probably concussed, but I didn't know at the time. Oh, uh, but I was fine. I went and collected my wheel and put it back on. And yeah, but somebody had just like, you know, flipped it. And because they, you know, I was a cool kid. I had a quick release on my cheap mountain bike, obviously, and had uh, flipped it open and spun it loose. Mm. Yeah. So, That's you know. Pretty terrible, actually. And there yeah. weren't a lot of people around. Just enough to see that and then nobody to help me. Right. Yeah, of course. Uh, Of course. Awesome combination. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, Uh, Anne? um, I was thinking all mine are really kind of sad. It's not so much embarrassing. Um, But I I do remember in seventh grade having a breakdown in art class. Uh, And I don't remember what precipitated it 
other than the menace in my life, who is Perry LaRock. And Perry, Perry LaRock uh, was a, a smart kid and a popular kid and a pretty kid. He was a very cute boy, quite the little heartthrob in the school. Um, and given that our last names, LaRock, Lundholm, uh, were so close together, mm. we were quite often seated together or seated near each other in a lot of classes. He was also on like the high achiever track, whatever. Um, so we were in a lot of the same classes, especially in middle school. And he picked on me a lot mm. and not, and not in like a super mean wanting to cut me down kind of way, but more like he couldn't figure me out because he was, as I said, this little heartthrob and all the girls were like, Ooh, Perry LaRock. And, and I that name, I mean, my I know, goodness. right. Mm. I, he was, was he class president? In high school? I don't remember. Maybe. Or student council. Whatever. Um, but very popular. And all the little girls were all swoony over him. And I wasn't. Because mm. my defense, apart from the book, is to like not react to anything. Yeah. Uh, if Like if you don't give people a, a foothold into your emotional state, they can't use it against you. So I was always like super blank around him. And... I think it kind of freaked him out or intrigued him or something that he yeah. couldn't figure me out and he couldn't get a reaction. So that made him kind of like poke, 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 poke at me. And I just think this one time I'd, I'd had it and I was feeling particularly lost and homesick and I just started crying in the middle of art. And I remember sitting in Mr. Toby's office, like he actually took me out of the room and into his little office and sat me down and like, talk to me and I just remember sobbing and sobbing and being so <laughs> sad about it all but it was Ooh. really pretty humiliating to to be overcome by emotions in front of people and and this was not just an art class thing like I think Perry and I we had science together we had English together uh. and he was oh he he has the dubious title of the only boy to ever snap my bra oh I, I was thinking about snapping bras that is mm -hmm. psycho Yep. yep. And then we tolerated it. it. Yep. Well, and it was because, uh, going back, to Bobby, to what we called industrial tech, uh -huh. a combination of shop and slightly newer technology. And we had, well, this is not new technology, but we had a photography unit where we had like old black and white cameras and you actually... You had to... We had to develop the film ourselves. And so we had like a black bag that you put the film... The, you mm -hmm. put the camera in the canister in, you know, and you could put your arms in through holes. And so you you took the film out of the camera by touch and put it into the developing camera all in the, in the bag to prevent exposure. And I was doing that for my group. And so my hands were in the bag and he just stepped up behind me and snapped my bra and in front of in front of everybody. I remember I was also I was in a play and there was one day we were doing matinees. And so everybody was dressed in their costumes like, I don't know, it was a thing just for class or whatever. And he came up to me in the hall and it was it was a bit of a gender bending because I, I said like before I've played a gender swapped roles a lot in plays because I'm so You're big. So yeah. <laughs> yep. And I and I was very masculinized <laughs> for that role. And he came up and he made some comment and he like put his arm around me and I actually just 
put my elbow up at a 90 degree angle and like cracked him back dead in the face because he yes. was so much shorter yes. than me. Like, but he was always doing shit like that. And then our paths separated for a couple of years. And I think it wasn't until we were juniors that we came back together and had similar classes. And I was just minding my own business like I always was. One day before class, he said, hey, remember in seventh and eighth grade when you had such a huge crush on me? And I looked at him and I had no words. (laughs) Like, what? are you talking about? He wanted you to have a crush on him and he yes, like, but did fan the, fiction about it. The most wonderful thing was Kirsten Halverson, who was not involved in any of this, but was again in the same sort of track that we were. She heard this and she said, you mean when you had a crush on her? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I oh felt my God. so vindicated, like <laughs> this little shit. Fuck like off. he's, I'm sure he's a perfectly nice man because he truly wasn't a bad kid at all he was just like super full of himself and super popular and when he was told he was like you know smart and hot and you know i guess and let's be clear he was very cute i wasn't into him because i was such a late bloomer in every way except physical growth (laughs) uh that like i just i wasn't harboring a secret crush and i didn't you know yeah i was just sort of immune to him and he couldn't figure out why and that just provoked his behavior boys fuck our boys boys um i think i found his address while you were talking (laughs) i want to see a picture of current i think i tried to search him out on facebook once and i couldn't find him so i don't know (laughs) um all right with that fucker um what is your most embarrassing middle school memory please give us some good ones i know they're out there i mean it's a universally it like you said anybody who had like a great time in middle school is fucking psycho yeah um christy you want to take us to tishy recommend sure i'm doing recommends because i have one um i watched the show blind spotting now I did not know when I started it that it was a movie that set up the entire series. Oh, Um, whoops. Yeah. uh, And it's really hard to find or expensive um, to find that movie. So I watched two seasons of the show. It is so good. Now, Hillary, did you see this movie? No, I didn't. Is it the one with, what's his face? Dovey Diggs. Yeah, Dovey Diggs is in it. And I think... um, uh, Peggy's in it too, I think. Um, the girl that played Peggy um, in Hamilton, I think she's. Also- there was a couple Hamilton people, yeah, um, in there, and um, yeah. So it's it's a um, show. See the movie first because it starts off, right, you know, full steam ahead, like right away. Um, it's about a um, a woman and her boyfriend and their kid and they had just like they both got jobs and they got this cute apartment and then he gets arrested like very first like five minutes gets arrested um maybe wrongfully that we learn that later on but um he gets arrested and now she has to navigate like okay now I can't afford this apartment with that with one income and I have this kid so she moves in with his mother who's Helen Hunt and his um half sister who is um a sex worker dancer 
a little bit psycho <laughs> and just like living with that and then also trying to like see the boyfriend and just you know the change it it's uh filmed in oakland yeah and yeah the main the main girl jasmine seafish jones Mm -hmm. she's the she's she played peggy in the original cast oh she did okay yeah yeah now i need to see hamilton again yes yeah she everybody is the acting is great the story's great now the movie kind of sets it up doesn't sets up the part with um david is the main character of that movie and there's things that happen that they refer to in the first and second season. Um, yeah, but it, I highly recommend it. It's on stars. I've just been trying to catch up on all the stars because I have to cancel it before they charge us again. <laughs> so <laughs> you're like mainlining stars. Yeah. I'm doing yeah. that with like all our streaming stuff. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I highly recommend it. Cool. Yep. And I have one. Yep. Um, it's not like cool an avant-garde like Christie's, but I got to give a shout out to only murders in the building. Is it it's good? Back. I haven't watched it. I haven't, I haven't watched seen it yet. it yet. Listen, season three guest stars, Meryl Streep and Paul Rudd. <laughs> yeah. You can't oh, come on. Paul yeah. Rudd. Come I'm in. Yeah. On. Oh yeah. my God. It's, it's great. It's great. Okay. It's always good. great. <laughs> yes. You know, did you see that? Did you watch the first seasons? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just okay, haven't so got just to haven't it. gotten to yeah. season yeah. three. Yep. Maybe I'll watch it this weekend. I have Love like... Island going on right now, which <laughs> is every day of the week. It's all encompassing. Yeah. No, I want I want to watch it, and it's one of those things for some reason where I'm like, oh, I'll get around to it. I'll watch it, and then I watch it, and I'm like, why didn't I watch this like immediately? Because it's so yeah. much fun, mm-hmm. and you know, it's suspenseful without being like super scary, and it's witty, and you know, it's just it's just good. Yeah. And Meryl Streep plays an actress who never quite got her break, which <laughs> is uh, funny. That's yeah. funny. That is funny. That's funny. It's good stuff. All right. I'm excited to watch it. I'm going to do it this weekend. All right. And with that, it's time to get involved with the show at thisshowhaseverything.com, which redirects to our brand new, super cool, Ooh. shopless website. Yep. <laughs> um, but you know what? It's cheap. Um, but you can also join us on Facebook and our Facebook group. That's where all the real action is. Uh, you can email us at tshishow at gmail.com or send us a voice memo like Anne, like Missy did, and they're great and we love them. Uh, AOL keyword as always is (laughs) Tishi. And thanks for joining us. And that was, uh, not everything. No. Not our middle school (laughs) experiences. No. Not everything. Not everything. <laughs> no. Oh my God. Sometimes I feel like I don't have a partner. Sometimes I feel like my only friend is the city I live in, the city of angels. Lonely as I am, together we cry. streets cause she's my companion I walk through the hills cause she knows who I am she sees my good deeds and she kisses me windy and i never worry now that is a lie 
Don't piss Cena in the pool. 